Uh, Novello, right? Novello, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. It's all right. I called you Mike for some reason. I don't know what kind of Freudian slip that was. Yeah. Don't worry about I it. I don't know. I yeah. can never say last names. Okay. I, I mispronounced about 3,000 things. Okay. Don't, don't, don't feel bad. Right. <laughs> cool. All right. Ready? All righty. We got Alex Novello in. Thank you for coming back. Comedian. Kept with the grind. And look at you now. Yeah, thanks for having me back, man. So what do you have big coming up this weekend? Uh, so this Thursday I'm competing in the or Florida, Thursday. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Um, the Florida's funniest uh, competition. So all of the improvs in Florida kind of pick their own like best. Uh, I think like one or two people, and then move on to the finals, and then they'll eventually pick who's the you know funniest in Florida. Wow, what what a what an advancement you've made since the last time you were here. Yeah, um, it, I've been through a lot since uh, since I was last year. I guess uh, it's been like a pretty wild six seven months. So. And, and what what did you do that you grinded so hard that you got in the position that you're in? Like, we just kept at it, kept at it. What was it? Um, well, you know, I'm I I'm a mental health counselor. Um, you know, so I um I don't just deal with that professionally. I deal with it personally. So I have pretty bad depression. Um, and when I was uh, I think we talked actually off uh off the podcast last time I was here. Um, <clears throat> I just um I've kind of tried every medication you can name um been through all sorts of uh different therapies and whatnot and just always seem to hit like a wall after like a month where either the circumstances that led me to be depressed get better naturally because that's what happens over time or um i fix whatever the circumstances are and then decide like oh i don't need this crap anymore um and then just get off and then just kind of white knuckle whatever the situation is until you know the next hurdle what all did oh. they give you for uh the depression what, uh, what, which nasty ones did they i'm give on you? sertraline um which i oh well this time around i'm on sertraline i mean you name an antidepressant i've i've tried it before um and a lot of the times it's actually kind of bit me in the ass where you know not it, it's not a guarantee if you get on a certain medication like hey it, it's all gonna work out um, a lot of the times if it's not the right medication for you it'll actually have an adverse effect where you know, if you have like, let's say like manic depression, like you'll actually have a manic episode and then the doctors will be like, oh, OK, guess this isn't the right one for you. Like, yeah, you know, but that was a pretty wild weekend, doc. But, you know, like, let's just roll the dice on the next one. So what's a manic episode? What What is that? Um, I mean, it really that's going to depend on like how it, it depends on the person. Um, you know, for me, um, I lose everything, uh, like literally every like my keys, my phone, my wallet. I lose everything. Um, I don't know like where I am um, and not in the sense of like, I don't know if like I'm in Florida, I'm in America, but like, you know, if I go to like, let's say whole foods and I have a, a, you know, an episode there, like I don't know where I am. So the context of like what's going on is kind of wild. So it's kind of like you forget like why you're there. Like, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get that. And then they gave you a bunch of bullshit that barely worked. And then the side effects, I'm sure were not good. Right. I studied this shit for a long time. Yeah. You should look into a thing. It's called Provigil. Mm-hmm. It's the brand name. The generic name is Modafinil. Okay. It's been around since 52. When I first started taking it personally, prescribed, uh, it was like $30 for 30 pills. And what happened was is that Big Pharma realized that it really works well for depression, okay. social anxiety, uh, alcoholism, cocaine addiction, ADHD, you name it. Four years later... I go to do it, you know, get it refilled, 30 pills, $1,200 because it's been around since 52. It was invented for the air, for the military. So if you're going, if you're in an airplane and you got to stay up in the air for a long period of time or you're on a mission, Mm. 
you need something to keep you alert, awake, focused. Okay. But off-label, over the years, they realized that it did all kinds of other stuff with okay. no side effects. No one's ever gotten addicted to it. No okay. one's ever overdosed. Nothing. The worst thing that ever happened was a skin condition, which they blew up out of proportion like Big Pharma likes to do. Mm. And that's if you're taking massive amounts. And if you would take, say, 400 milligrams, it comes in 100, 200, you know what I mean? You could mm. take up to probably three. Okay. After 400 milligrams, you have such a headache that you don't even want to take anything more. Okay. It, that's, that's the side effect, the right. headache. So, like, that probably one in ten gazillion that got that skin condition for Big Pharma to, like, knock it because mm. of all the things that it does right. is literally probably, like, one in a million. Okay. And if you catch it early, you just stop taking it. You know, it's called provisional. It, no side effects, like, where you taste metal or where your dick doesn't work right, or okay. all those other ones, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which, which was the <clears throat> worst that they gave you? Um, Paxil's pretty bad. I I didn't do Paxil. Lexapro? Um, uh, Lexapro, I, uh, Lexapro is one of the ones where like I, I was, I did okay. And then like, I just got better myself and stopped taking it. Um, so yeah. Uh, I would probably say like Trazodone. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think I told you last time I was here, I, I accidentally overdosed on that. So <clears throat> yeah. How'd you overdose on Trazodone? <laughs> um, so the bottle, like my, uh, my prescription was 100 to 200 milligrams at like take as needed. Um, and the, uh, it was labeled typically like one, like each pill was 100 milligrams each. Um, I, for whatever reason, filled my prescription at a different pharmacy and they mislabeled it. So when I went to take, are you serious? I'm serious. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so when, um, lawsuit buddy. Yeah. 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 Um, um, so, you know, I uh, I wound up taking 400 milligrams when I thought I was taking 200. Um, so long and short, my ex-girlfriend walked in to the bathroom, uh, found me unconscious, blue, vomit, puke, blood, you know, the whole. Just from childhood on alone. Yeah. So uh, not to get too gross, but um, once a week when I would take it like my stomach would be like everything out, everything out now. Um, and it would always happen like during the half hour window that I was falling asleep. So it would always be this weird game of like, what's going to happen first. Am I going to like almost crap my pants or am I going to fall asleep? Um, and a lot of the times, like I'd be literally on the toilet falling asleep, trying to, you know, <laughs> I'm not like, you know, as funny as it is, like it, it was this like game that I play like once a week. It's like, Oh, this is, you know, it's Tuesday. Here we go. You know? Um, and like where I'd have to like out crap, my tiredness, I guess. I don't know what the word is. Um, and this one particular night, because I took twice the amount, um, I I just went to sleep and my stomach was just like, oh no, like we out now, out now. So I just got on the toilet, um, started watching like a little like five minute video, um, so, like hit play. Next thing I know, like I'm on the floor. Uh, my ex-girlfriend's in the room screaming. So is her mom, because, of course, she was there, too. Because um, if it's going to be bad, it's going to be terrible. Are you watching porno? Because he said, no, 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 no. don't give no, you a bone. No, it was like a car video. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because I'm like a huge car nerd. It was like like Motor Trends something. Um, and like I just remember coming to, and the video was still playing. And like they're screaming, I'm naked. There's blood. There's puke. Um, apparently, I fell asleep on the toilet, knocked my head on the like the wall and then fell off the toilet and knocked my head on like the 
um, the bathroom floor. You think um, you're allergic to it? Uh, no. Or, or is that like a normal reaction no, if you take that's that not, much? Yeah, you're not supposed to take that much. Really? Um, yeah. Like, that's that was like the dose they would put, like, apparently, like, give, like, mental patients in, like, the 20s. You know. Because they, they gave it to me for sleep. Okay. And I hated it. Right. I, I hate sleeping pills to death. Okay. After that one, because that had that window. Right. And if you weren't laying down and relaxing, if you miss that 30-minute window, you're up all night. Yep. For me, I, I didn't shit or anything like that, okay. but I was just up all night. Right. I, I hated it. Okay. I hate it. I'm not, I'd much rather get Indica, okay. which I have a medical card for. Okay, yeah. I'm legally allowed to do Indica. Okay. And it's not a pill with all kinds of bullshit. Right. Much better than <clears throat> that. Yeah. Well, you know, like they always say that that's supposed to give you a boner. I never got one boner. I definitely didn't get that to happen. No. Um yeah, it, it, um, if anything, like I, I think I was developing sleep apnea. Like I was becoming like, I was rapidly aging because of that. Um, just because like I, I would like go to sleep super early. I'd, I'd like need to run to the bathroom all the time. Um, you know, like I, I had to like, like live on a certain schedule where like, oh no guys, you know, you have fun. I gotta make, you know, it's nine thirty seven. Gotta take my, you know, it was not good wonder what that uh pharmacy or doctor got a kickback for that one yeah probably so that was the worst one yeah yeah did any of the other ones actually kind of help for a period of time other than what you're on now um i'm not familiar with alexa uh were both where like i don't even know um i don't even like i didn't even get them enough of a chance to see if they worked where you know just whatever reason um you know like i think the first time like when my grandfather grandmother passed um you know like four or five months later just naturally i was doing a little bit better um but yeah i uh i i'm having like a really good experience with uh sertraline which I, i'm pretty sure is zoloft or like the generic for it um, mm-hmm. but you know i've i've really had to like take a look at um you know the things that were like going on in my life that like were making me depressed you know like i the last time i was here like i had a job that like i I fucking hated it. What were you doing before on the side other than comedian before? Uh, I so, I didn't even know that you were really that depressed before. Uh, yeah. It was a good act. But not well, no, it wasn't an act. You know, I was really excited to be. Um, it's uh, like it really kind of capped off, not like while I was here, but like around, you know, the uh, the winter or whatnot. And, um, uh, you know, for for me, I uh, I forgot what your question was. No. um before when you you came in, I I didn't realize I couldn't tell that you had any depression or anything. Like we we kind of went through that you had we touched on a little bit that right. like a decade ago you were you know you had a drug issue for right. about eight or ten years or yeah. something. Well, not really much of it, so mm-hmm. I, I didn't really know that it was like that. So right. when you left, it got worse. Right. Then you went through more drugs, I would assume. No. no. Oh, you you ended it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um. You know, I I was here in December. Um, you know, I uh, I had an I had a bit of an altercation with another comedian. Um, was that when the gun was pulled on you? It was. Yeah. Yeah. So can you take us through that? Okay. No um, names. No names. Yeah. Yeah. No what names. happened? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, there's this other uh, um, there was this other comic um in the scene that um owed me money um from like three or four shows um and this comedian and like i i have no problem saying any of this to this person's face in fact i have so i'm not you know blowing up any spot um whatever so um he was consistently booking me like once a month um where like 
you know, that's that's nice. You know, a lot of comics don't like kind of get that um, kind of like appreciation or get that kind of treatment from bookers like on a regular regular yeah like one yeah and um you know i'm i'm only in it like i think like three years last week or something like that so like i'm not like a huge headline or i'm not anything like that but like we all try to feed each other we all try to help each other out and um you know these were all spots that like this individual owed me money and like for whatever reason you know showtime would come show would end and like either like i have venmo this person has cash app or this person's you know so drunk that they can't stand up or they don't even know who they are or who i am so it's just like whatever um and it was just became it became kind of like an a running joke where it's just like yeah just get me next show just get me next month you know just whatever um you know thank god uh for the last few years i've been doing financially well enough that like that $20 isn't going to make or break me. Um, it's really, to me, it's about the respect. Um, you know, that, like, I, I have to come to you for, like, what, you know, you owe me. The principle. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, like, I've never, this guy or any bookers, like, I never, like, hey, where's my money? You know, it's just, like, you know, I'll get it when, you know, just get it to me when you get it to me. Um, you know, maybe that'll be different when, like, there's zeros attached to you know, yeah. to the, I don't know. Um, but, you know, for me... At and least, you know how it is. You look at these guys, are, they've been in it 10, 13 years. Right. Like, look at Hans Kim. He was, he was in here maybe four months ago. Mm-hmm. He was living out of a van for two years. Now he's opening up for Rogan right. and Chappelle. Right. And rode around in that van for two years. Right. And then finally, he just kept grinding, grinding. He got noticed, noticed. And <clears throat> Rogan and Chappelle, like, who, are they, who is this fucking Korean or... Really nice guy. Mm-hmm. He's not Korean. Sorry, buddy. And I used to love my buddy. I talked to him. But, like, you know, like, who is this guy in a van that just doesn't give up? Right. You know? And then just because he kept grinding, and, and they say it's usually, what, like, eight to ten, eight to 13 years for a comedian right. really to hit. Yeah. And it took him five years in a van or however many years in a van. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, like, I, you know, uh, when, like, I see other comics not treating other comics well, it's just kind of like a, okay, you know something to just kind of like keep note of but um you know um i don't know if you remember uh last time i was here i was selling shirts like that like the novel yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. um long and short i i i'm you know the, I, this it's a very long story and i'm trying to like figure I know out you got to be careful yeah. i got to be careful and also like i'm trying to turn it into like a tight five you know and right now it's like a loose 30 so i'm just <laughs> like, what like details are important um so he he had owed me for like a few shows um and I had brought um some shirts like to the show like he had booked me on a show in Delray um and like ahead of time I said like hey man just to let you know some people that had like pre-purchased shirts from me are going to be at this show to pick up their shirts and to be part of the show do you mind if I bring shirts to sell and he said yeah no problem actually bring one for me and one for my girlfriend okay cool that's 50 extra dollars so that's like $110 you owe me now. Um, so, you know. I, so, I can see where this is going. <laughs> right, no, no. So I was yeah. just like, okay, you know, no yeah. big deal, you know, but you owe me for, you know, you already do owe me money. So, you know, are you going to have this? He's like, yeah, no problem. Just come through tonight. You know, we have the show. Cool. Oh, whatever. Cool. Um, do the show. The host gets blasted drunk from like the start of the show. Um, this host is known to like just give up hosting his own show. Uh, like literally like we'll go like 
you host the show or like you finish hosting the show and like what like how unprofessional are you you know like that you can't like wait to get wasted for like another hour like that you gotta like, oh, block. So he shows up for the show gets trash right just says, gets trash just, hey yeah here, can you run it from here right, can you run right? it from here and i'm probably not even gonna throw you money whatever um so he d- he does that you know like he just gets wasted um and the show really wasn't that good of a turnout wasn't that good of a show um and uh this homeless woman walks into the venue and starts interacting with all the comedians on stage uh myself included and the, the like four other comedians that had performed that night uh she ruined the entire show for everybody um and not like heckling like you know just in the middle of my set just started screaming like fuck you to to like nothing like not in response to anything i was saying or doing just said it um wasn't and, there like security to get well rid of you her? would think that like the hosts of the show you know <laughs> yeah. the producer of the show would like at that point get involved but like after the first time second time third time but no um so you know we just kind of tried to trudge on finish the show there was an open mic afterwards and we were all just kind of like hanging out um and like that same woman kind of like side tackled all of us into like a giant hug and did this whole long apology. Like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to ruin the show. Um, and we all had to awkwardly like, please don't kill us, but you did ruin the show. You know, please don't ever do that again. Like what you did was like, take away from the show. You didn't add to it. I know you thought, you know, you were like, you're being was, nice. Yeah. I know you thought that was your moment, <laughs> um, but, but it's not you know? like sit down Will Smith. So like, um, when she walked away and like, I, if this sounds insane, this story, it's because it absolutely is. So full disclosure, um, she walked away. And I think the only reason why, like nobody really got pissed off that she was there was because like most stand up comics are like pieces of shit. And, uh, she was about like my age. So despite the fact that she was homeless, like most of the guys were trying to bang her, you know? And you really? Know, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, you know, um, I mean, she was, she had a, she had a wedding ring on that, like, I don't even know was real. And she was, she, it, it, it was a whole, trash can. yeah, it, like that was a whole other saga going on simultaneously. But, um, when she walked away, I just kind of out loud, not to anyone in particular, I said, like, does anyone have any hand sanitizer? And this host's girlfriend goes like, I do. And pulls out hand sanitizer, puts it in my hand. It's wet, you know, like I'm going like that. Gives it to like the four or five other people in the circle. And as this is happening, like it's not even dry yet. Host comes up from behind me, puts his hand on my shoulder. And like I, I'm a I'm a mental health substance abuse counselor. This guy was gone. Looks me in the eyes and just goes like, you know, she and I were talking about you the other night. And we we agreed that you're a really good guy. And I just like. Are you like lost at this point? Like, I why just, is this I guy like, saying this? To I you? went like, okay, any chance you have like the money you owe me? And he's like, no. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm gonna get the fuck out of here before like this night gets any weirder. Like, yeah. you know, like I'll see you later. And uh, he said like, I'll have the money for you tomorrow. Um, you know, I'm doing, I'm, I'm uh, producing a show at this other spot. And I said like, okay, I'm doing a show somewhere else. And after I do that, I'll come by get the money and even if there's you know if there's time on your show I'll fucking do your show whatever it's, it's no big deal you know but like I'm getting out of this situation right now you know um drive home <clears throat> um you know next day he's acting like super erratic 
Um, and like, mind you, like I'm, I don't want to like, I, I'm not a tough guy. I'm not like from the streets, but like, I'm, I'm a recovering drug addict. Like I've, I've set people up. I've robbed people. Like I've done, you know, like I've been robbed, like I've lived that life. So like, I know kind of like what the red flags are and also like, you know, like I, I don't live that life anymore. So like I, the, this next part, I was kind of super naive. I think, I don't know. Um, he called me at like noon the next day. <laughs> And mind you, like, again, like, I've never called him, like, hey, where's my money? When can I get it? You know, like, hey, um, are you coming to the show later tonight? I'm like, yeah, why? He's like, I want, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this and that. Like, I'll have your money. Like, okay, cool. You know, no big deal. Thanks for calling. You know, I appreciate it. I'll see you later at, like, 10 o'clock. This was at, like, 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, calls me, like, an hour later. Same exact conversation. But, like, I can tell, like, he's smashed. Like, just gone. Um, like, hey, you know, I want to have the money. I'm like, okay. Like, that's. That should have been the red flag. Maybe tonight isn't the night to go at 10. Well, yeah. So he called. Yeah. And you're 100% right. Like, in retrospect. So, like, he, we, we had that conversation probably like five or six more times. That like, day? Five o'clock. <laughs> five o'clock. Six o'clock. Seven o'clock. Like, we're like, I'm at the other venue saying, like, bro, like, why are you, you know, like, rushing me? And, like, he's asking me, like, do you have a mic stand? I can't find my microphone. Uh, you know, he's just not. He's all over the place. He's not all there. And like, I'm, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say like we were friends at the time, but like, I give a shit, you know, if like you were talking to me and like you were making absolutely no fucking sense. Like I would try to like, are you okay? You know, I wouldn't just be like, okay, you know, like have, have fun on 95, buddy. Right. Uh, I'd like, call you out of nowhere and be like, hey, Alex, you got a camera I could borrow for a podcast I have tonight? Right. And, yeah. And then uh, two seconds later, hey, do you have a camera? Do you have a camera? Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and like, yeah, like when a, when a host of a show is like, hey, do you have a mic stand? And I'm like, dude, I don't host. Sh- I, I don't host. It's the shows. most important thing in the yeah, show. Yeah. Like you do. You do, though. So, like, you know, I don't know what's happening, but like, this is the fifth or sixth time we've talked. Like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, no, I'm fine. Like, okay. You know, I do the show at this other spot. Um, and he's calling me like nonstop. And in my head, I'm thinking he, he promoted and produced a show that nobody came to like, that's, that's in my head. That's what's happening. Like he, he set the show up. No one's there. There's no comedians, blah, blah, blah. And he's, he's freaking out and he's trying to get anyone that he can think to help to show up. That's what was going through my head. So like, and I also just figured like, he's just trashed, you know? So now when you go there at 10, uh-huh. What happens when you walk in? So I get there at 10 o'clock. He's not even there. He's not even there. He's not even there. Um, and where does everybody say he's at? The there, I don't see anything set up. Nothing at all. Nothing. The, and the only thing I see is a, a girl that I know who was at the show the night prior who bought one of my shirts. And I was like, hey, what? You know, did I miss the show? Because he was blowing me up nonstop. Like, and I rushed to get here thinking like, it was urgent, you know, like, uh, what the hell is the urgency? And she's like, I don't know. Like, nobody knows what or where. So it was just you and the girl. Nobody I, else. I mean, you know, I don't want to say the venue, but there were people. There were people there. There were people there, um, some, you know, to watch the show, but not, you know, nobody, nobody else. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm okay in social situations, but, like, that whole night was a little weird, so I didn't know how long I would be, like, sitting one-on-one with this woman until he returned for, so I was like, all right, I'm gonna go chill out in my car or something. You know, like, I went to my car, turned on Spotify, and the second I did, I got a text from him, like, I heard you disappeared. And, like, that's when, like, the red flags were like, what the fuck is going on? You know, like, what? You know, and I I called him, I was like, dude, what? 
what's happening? You know, like you've I, like, and I sent him a screenshot. Like you've called me like two dozen times today. I show up, you're not even here now. Like I disappeared. Like, you know, what's what's going on? And he's just giggling. Like I'll be right back. You know, like no big deal. Like okay, okay. So then he shows up, and then what? He shows up, um, and he's totally normal. Like while we're like at the venue area, uh, we walk over to his car, and. It was as if he turned into a cartoon character of a tough guy. Um, like, he just immediately, like, imagine if I just all of a sudden just, and I'm not exaggerating, like, he was huffing, puffing, like, you know, making faces, um, you know, and. For an example, like, uh, like a guy turns into a Transformer and the Transformer. Movie. Yeah, he, he. Some shit like yeah, that, Yeah, right? he turned into, like, I don't know what, like a gorilla. Right. Um, and, and then when does he when does he pull the gun? So so he does it, and it's so like literally in the middle of a conversation. It was just like, "Hey man, how are you doing?" Yeah, you know, like, "Oh, I'm excited for the show," you know, like that. So I'm facing him, and he he starts doing that, and he just starts going like, "It is what it is." I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Like, what what's happening right now?" And then he's just like, "It is what it is. You come for me. You come for my family. It is what it is." And I was and. I don't know the first thing about this dude's family. I don't know the first thing about him at all. Um, so I was just like, what the fuck? Like, you know, what are you talking about? Like, what? what is this? And he pulls out, you know, he has a gun. Of course, not, you know, in any sort of holster like he should. You know, he had it in his shirt, you know, like a fucking belt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, pulls it out. And, um, Did he clock it? Uh, no, he didn't. Um, That's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's he, good news. Yeah, he did point it at me, um, which I thought was the funniest part of it sideways. Because, uh, of course, that's how one, you know, that's yeah. that's how you point a gun. At right, of course. Um, and just goes like, it is what it is, Alex. Like, if you ever come for me or my family, it is what it is. And, like, he just kept saying that. And, um Again, I have no qualms saying this. I don't think that this guy's funny. Um, he's a hack. Um, and when he was doing this, I sort of had a feeling like he was doing a character. You know? Um, so you escape that situation, right? <clears throat> you get out of there. You're not dead. Okay, right. so he pulls a gun on you. He's acting like a nutcase. Right. Now, what happens like three days later? Does he contact you again? Does Does he say anything? Um, so, you know, he pulls the gun on me, and I de-escalated the situation because a, I'm a mental health counselor. B, I actually know him. Um, and C, I reacted. I don't know if my reaction is why he didn't do anything, but like I started laughing. Um, and I'm not saying that because I'm a tough guy. I'm not John Wick or anything like that. Like I started laughing. John because, Wick. Yeah, yeah like, I, I don't think he would do that to John like, Wick. Like I, uh, <laughs> you ever see John Wick? Yeah, like I started. I started laughing because like it was so ridiculous. It was just like I, I was like in my head. I'm thinking like this is a character that he's doing. This is an act out. This is a scene. This is like because I've done nothing to deserve this. You know, like I've broken into houses and had. That person pull a gun on me. But Alex, before. what happens a couple of days later? I okay. understand. He pulled the gun on right, me. Right. He acts like a tough guy. Right. He's okay. like a cartoon. I understand. Right, right. But now I need to know the next thing. Okay. So we spoke the next day and I said like, so we're going to have like, you know, uh, we actually spoke that night afterwards. And I said like, we're going to have a conversation tomorrow. And based on that conversation is going to be whether or not like we have beef and also whether or not like I contact, you know, 
the cops, you know, and let like everybody in our scene know like you're a fucking lunatic. So what was his what was his reasoning for acting like that? Um, so um, the that day he had gotten into an argument with, um, I guess his ex, um, about like custody whatnot, um, and it went so bad that he decided to do a bunch of pills and drink a bunch that that whole day. Um, but so like, he was off his rocker. He, he lost his ex. Yeah. Did you ever work with him again? Um, I have tried to, um, but he's, uh, I don't know. Um, he's just not a good person. Um, and also if I'm honest, just not a good host. So like, I don't even, you know, this aside, I didn't, I don't really want to work with the guy. What do you think could be done better? Um, for people with mental health <clears throat> because the government isn't doing shit. Right. We already know that. Right. You go to jail, supposedly that's uh, rehabilitation in right. America. That's definitely not true. Sure. Uh, rehab, most rehabs have people that just read a book and then try to talk to people who have, see, <clears throat> I had a couple people and I, I used to say drug addict. Mm -hmm. I think there's drug addicts and then I think people are poisoned. Like, for instance, you took that trazodone. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make you a drug addict. You were poisoned. Whatever you did in your past, maybe your upbringing fucked you up, maybe something in your life fucked you up, and you got poisoned. I think there's a difference, in my opinion. Mm. So now, <clears throat> when you're done, when when you're done with him, that whole situation is done. But yet, you still call him back to work with him. So he wasn't that bad, right? But you're done. So that's over with. But what? Because you've been through it all, and you're actually a person who's been through it. Mm -hmm. So you would be a great person to work at a rehab because right. you've been through it. It's right. not some lady telling, you know, someone who's been hooked on pills forever that just read a book. Hey, Alex, how do you feel? Because this is what this textbook tells me. Right. Right. So what do you think could be done more? Like, in reality, what mm -hmm. could be done more? Well, not what you want, right. not what you hope. What could really actually be done more for mental health? So that you don't go a decade all fucked up. This right. guy isn't going crazy and so right. on and so forth. Um, what are three things you would do? Uh, like for top to bottom, society, like societal wise. Um, yeah. I mean, one of the main reasons why I didn't call the cops that night was because I knew like this is most likely going to end in like some sort of like armed standoff or whatever. Like they're, you know if they know he's driving around drunk, fucked up, has a gun, they're probably going to pull a gun on him. And I don't trust how he's going to react to that. And I don't trust how they're going to react to that also. Um, not to say that that situation, like they wouldn't be you know, warranted to do so. Um, but I feel like we definitely need to. Um, and I think we talked about this last time I was here. Um, you know, policing needs to change where it's not so much, you know, cops versus the people it's, it's, Cops are the people. But, know, the, but I'm talking about things that you could change now. You can't change that now because it's oh, already okay. defunding them. Okay. You know, what would you do? So you, you, you can't change the police because mm -hmm. if you want that to happen, you got to pay them. Right. Right. No, you got to pay them yeah, fairly. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. In rehab, you got to get people that have been through it or it doesn't work. Right. In jail, you have to have re real rehabilitation things. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying with you having been through this, not not a fantasy because mm. what you said is is a fantasy. Mm -hmm. That's not going to happen. You know that, and I know that. I'd like it to. We yeah. all would like it to. Right. But what do you think that could be done that isn't a fantasy that could help things out? Because big pharma has control. The mm -hmm. government wants to divide. So what could be done to help things? Do you think? I mean, I'm I'm a mental health counselor myself, um, and you know, just seeing, uh, I think the last like three or four years, the trend has been less. 
um, treating people like upfront, like, oh, you're an addict, you're an alcoholic, oh, we're going to get you into NA, we're going to get you into AA. That's that's not serving anybody. Um, because, you know, for me, you know, last, like I said, last time I was here, um, I was going through depression. I have now over 10 and a half years, you know, clean off. Congratulations. Thank you. That's um, tough. But like, you can be that long sober and still absolutely miserable. You know what I mean? Because a lot of places, and, and this is something that I dealt with myself, um, you know, a lot of places, especially like the, the low, uh, like I didn't, I never got to go to like a nice rehab. So a lot of the like state funded ones are, are literally just a, and not it's textbook, it's textbook and it's just a farm for AA and it's just a farm for NA. Um, and, that's, and that doesn't work for a lot of and people. Not, and not to say that it, yeah, it, Some it, it does, it doesn't right. And yeah. so I think the problem started a few years ago when everybody, you know, and you know how fucked up the treatment industry is. Um, but essentially like Somebody got a blueprint of like what Blue Cross Blue Shield, and I'm not making any of this up. Somebody got a blueprint of like what Blue Cross Blue Shield specifies as like this is active addiction. Like you need check A, check B, check C. And these four or five people decided to like make what's called a pre assessment, um, which is like literally one of the things that I do for a living, which is to assess you over the phone. You know, are you suicidal? Are you, you know, when was the last time if you had an eating disorder, you acted out, stuff like that. Instead of deciding whether or not somebody needs to go to rehab, my entire industry for years was immediately trying to qualify you for it. Whether you needed it or not, it was just like, okay, you check the boxes, you're coming to Florida, you're coming so to California. It's coming. money. It's yeah. all money. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So basically, what need, so the way, <clears throat> so basically, you individually can make a difference mm -hmm. by doing what you're doing and you are. I'm trying, yeah. Be because these people are, so they want that checklist so they can get paid by the insurance. Right. So fucking big pharma again. Right. No, It I fucking mean, never ends with yeah. these guys. Yeah. And, you know, nothing happens and, and nothing goes away. Right. Well, at least you got through it and now you're taking your experience and helping people the right way. Yeah. You know, and you said you got a new job mm -hmm. that you're actually happy with now. Yeah. Or you I don't, mean, you uh, don't hate. Yeah. I mean, t uh, today was day two. Uh, yeah. So, you know, if I hate I'll it. I'll ask you in two yeah, weeks. Pretty, yeah, pretty <laughs> uh, no, but they seem like a pretty good group of uh, people. Uh, the treatment that we offer is like pretty solid. Um, and the um, like the amount of people in the field that said like, oh, you're there now. Like, OK, cool. Like they're actually like a reputable place. Good for you. Um, yeah, man. which is tough in my industry because usually whenever people talk about each other, it's just like, oh, yeah, they're, you know, they're a flop house or, you know, they do, you know, some sort of insurance scam. Like, it's never positive. Well, since the last time I seen you, remember I had that engineering firm? Yeah. Well, my main guy, he was uh, he was a Green Beret. Okay. And he was like head of Marines and then went Green Beret. And he, I think he was in the Cold War, one of, one of those crazy ones. And he got lost. In, they got lost in a forest for 90 days. Okay. And it was him and four other guys, and they had lost one, and he was the head of it. And he wanted to go back and get the body, but had he had gone back and got the body to bring home, they all would have been dead. Mm. So he had to leave it, and he never lived that down. Like, when he was working with me, you know, at times he would just sit there and just lose it. I mean, this is a tough fucking dude. Right. Wasn't afraid of anything, would do anything, and he was really, like, my, he was really my friend. Okay. And <clears throat> he never got any mental help. They left him out of the out of the Green Berets. Just said, "Okay, uh, you know your time's up. Go home." Right now, he was just in the woods for ninety days in the forest in the Cold War, right. killing everything he saw. Right, so he comes home, and at the time he's married, and he he hears the shower, and he thinks his wife is in the shower with another man, 
Remember, they just let him out of this crazy situation, yeah. and he goes home. Right. So he just starts blasting, uh-huh. pulls the, the the clip, and just... Right. And then they send him to, like, a military prison thing for, like, a year. Right. Okay? He gets out, whatever, blah, 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 uh, starts working at the VA. Did he kill her? Like, no, no, no. Uh, he didn't, like, shoot at her. Oh, okay. He was just, like, shooting around okay, okay. to get the guy out gotcha, so he could gotcha. beat the fuck out of the okay. guy. But really, she was just taking a shower. Right. And uh, Jeez. I, I'm... I'm I'm making the connection with the mental health mm-hmm. because it, had he not just went right home after an ex- be, imagine being a green beret right you're stuck in the cold war in the forest you're living by snakes that you're killing and praying that they're not like poisonous or however they did it mm-hmm. you know then you lost one of your buddies you can never get the body you got to go to the family and say hey look we right. don't have the body I'm sorry yeah no help at all. Comes back, blasts him up, throws him in a fucking, you know, whatever military thing that does nothing. He found his home at the VA because that was all like his brothers, mm-hmm. you know. So that's where he found his his peace. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he would work with me and, and other shit. Then COVID hit. And when COVID hit, they took away his overtime okay. at the VA. And I'd, I'd stopped the engineering company, not because of him, because of other engineers as we got bigger and bigger jobs, a pool that... You know, prior was 15 grand my cost. Now that we're getting jobs, or now 25 my cost. And you know, you know, it is. Right. like the friends say, Oh, well, why is Tommy have this and that? Well, you're not the one making cold calls all day. Right. You're not, you're the one sitting there waiting for me to call you to go wherever you're going to go. So I just got sick of it and ended it. He lost his overtime at the VA. Three months later, he calls me and he says, Hey, Tommy, I, I, I hit my wife. He goes, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't want to live anymore. And I said, John, just calm down, calm down. I tried to get to him. By the time I got there, the last thing he said to me was make sure uh, you take care of my wife if anything happens to me. By the time I got there, there was ambulances and shit, and, and it was over. But had he had gotten the right mental health, right. that wouldn't have happened. Right. And then this COVID bullshit took away his home. That was the only thing keeping him going because, you know, I, I had him in maybe three months before this happened to talk about being a Green Beret and mm. whatever. And unfortunately... Throughout that, he sent me the picture of those guys, and he fucking lost it. And, you know, he was drinking a lot and everything else. And it was just a bad, bad situation for a good guy. Right. You know? So, you know, and he was one of those guys that he he was too proud to ever in a million years go to an N.A. And even if he did it, it wouldn't have worked. He mm-hmm. wouldn't pay two, two, two bits of attention. But if someone else, you know, like another uh, military guy— mm-hmm. Felt like him and would talk to him. I think I think things would have been different. Yeah. So I mean that that sucks. So I mean, I, I I get it. I just they don't give a fuck. Yeah, and it's tough. Um, you know because like money does kind of rule everything. Um, you know, luckily or unluckily now, um, you know most insurance companies are paying more for mental health than for substance abuse. But that's not good. Though. No, it's not. No, 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 it's not. But like the it's it's good in the sense that like more people I think have mental health issues than they do substance abuse issues. Um, so they, like more people are getting mental health treatment than I think ever before. Um, and I think COVID kind of like kicked that off also, um, you know, because people like have been, you know, or were cooped up with people that, you know, they didn't really know or didn't really actually like. Um, yeah, they got yeah. stuck. Right. Or they got stuck with themselves. And, you know, that same thing applies where like they just don't know or don't like this person. Well, that's yeah. why there was so much uh, divorce, so much drug use, right. alcoholism. Yeah. In Italy, it was nothing because everybody's lived together in Italy all their life. They don't right. have any money. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, 
Be stoned. Yeah. Whatever, we'll just drink wine all day. <laughs> We've drank since we're sick, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, and the whole family lives upstairs anyway. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that funny? Italy has the lowest, it's the lowest country with alcoholics. You know why? In my they, opinion. Because they drink from, like, birth. Yeah, you drink, yeah. You drink wine yeah. from birth. And it's not... Um, it's not like that forbidden fruit from right, the tree. Yeah. So, like, when you're 21, I got to get hammered. Right. When you're in Italy, like... When you're five, you're you're having wine with your your dinner. You right. know what I mean. So it's not like a big deal. Right. And like any other drug, you'll just get killed. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> like you you said earlier, you know, like what I would change, and like this is definitely, I think, uh, you know, beyond like what my scope. Um, but uh, you know, things like mushrooms, you know, things like um, <clears throat> a lot of things are being destigmatized now, which is I think is really cool. Um, you know, as mental health becomes, I think more prevalent um in terms of just uh people actually caring about it or just you know money to be made in that uh in that area um you know people are actually starting to think kind of outside of the box of just you know naaa things like that you know like things like microdosing things like um you know there are facilities that offer ketamine treatment i've never done ketamine even as a drug so I, I can't speak. I was just close to opening a ketamine clinic. Okay. And the medical director that I had, he passed away. Okay. I was just close. That gotcha. is one of the best things for depression. Okay. It's an IV drip. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I, we had studied it to death, and the medical director won five Nobel Peace Prizes. Oh, wow. And I was kind of like updating him on like what the new shit is. Right. You know? And, you know, you do that drip, and you can't drive home. Okay. But, I mean, the case studies, there's nothing like it. Right. There's nothing like it. But, you know, it's some states it's okay, some states it's not. All right. Do you think that mental mental health and substance abuse always go together? Or most of the nine percent of the time. Yeah. Um and that's I think why That's that's why I think the substance abuse uh field has failed for so long um is because you know for 30 to, like you <clears throat> you know when i went to detox um like when i went to treatment the first time like i was doing like two two bundles of heroin a day you know like a bunch of oxys xanax you know whatever i could get my hands on um and they wait <clears throat> they waited like three four days because i got there on a weekend to start me on suboxone how was that withdrawal it was terrible yeah i was doing i'm not no joke like doing push-ups doing like uh jumping jacks to get my heart rate to go up so that like if they saw me they'd be like wow this this guy's fucked up you know we got to give him something and they're just like oh here's some ibuprofen you know um ibuprofen yeah. right yeah so <laughs> you're gonna long, give me ibuprofen to come yeah. off all that long four days you could go fuck um, yourself is what you could do right but and this isn't this isn't just the facility i was at like this happens Everywhere. all the time um where i was done detoxing after four or five days i was finally done um you know and the nurse is like oh you're gonna go see the doctor now like okay you know see the doctor they're like oh you know you lived yeah no they're, <laughs> and they're looking through like my progress notes of when i was detoxing like oh you were fucked up like i mean i was i'm fine now they're like we got to give you suboxone like what i'm off i'm good like well no we got to get you on because otherwise like you know we're not we wouldn't be treating oh you. so then you have to go through the withdrawal from the suboxone so they get me on suboxone <clears throat> and they start me on like an ungodly amount and then they wean me down one milligram by the time i left treatment i was withdrawing harder than when i went in Mm-hmm. Um, and not only that, like 30 days, whether it's an SSRI, antidepressant, anti-anxiety, whatever, like it usually takes four, five, six weeks for like most medications to kick in. 
So almost all of these patients that like go into these substance abuse facilities used to just get like, okay, so um, you're in detox day one. Welcome. Um, you know, you're not sure if your next fart is going to be solid and liquid. You know, if your family's ever going to talk to you again. You're like, just fucking give me something. No, and, and like, do you like feel, I'm here, bro. Do you feel, do you feel depressed? What the fuck do you, you know, think? Like, do you feel anxious? You know, and like you're you're fucking crying. You know, like you're you're ready to jump out of your yeah, skin. Yeah, like uh, no shit, I'm depressed. You're like, okay, we're gonna give you you know a, a dose that somebody that like has manic depressive like would normally take because that's how you're presenting right now. Um, and then for the next thirty days, like pretty much how you presented when you first arrived is how everyone else is gonna treat you. So it doesn't matter. Twenty eight days later, you're doing fine. You know, like whatever. Like, hey, could I see the doctor about? my mental health like what do you mean it's taken care of like you're sober now did you ever think about that scott how mental health <clears throat> goes along with the substance abuse like the connection between the two yeah, i knew people like that yeah did you terrible terrible shit uh, unbelievable because you have the mental health issue and it's so bad then you use the drugs right. to to calm that mental right. health right yeah yeah it totally makes sense and uh, i'm i'm so passionate about this just because like i very cool man. um I've had friends that have died because like they've in, you know, whether in like um, a state of anxiety, depression, whatever, like have gone to meetings and have said like, Hey, I'm, uh, you know, uh, microdosing mushrooms. I'm taking ketamine. I'm smoking, you know, uh, marijuana maintenance, whatever, like, or just I'm taking whatever Zoloft. And like, I, and I've been to meetings where like people have said like, or find out like you're on something or you take something like get out or like, you're not allowed to talk. Like you're not entirely sober. So therefore, you know, How about this? right. And like, I've had a sponsor where like he found out, like I was on like an anti anxiety medication and it wasn't a narcotic at the time. And like, he got upset Dude, chill out. Right. Bro. I'm like, bro, but like you like, yeah, congratulations. You're sober 30 years, whatever. But like you, you know, like, where is your doctorate? Like, where is your medical license? Like, like, you know, like, oh, it's so fucked up. Right. One of my best friends down here, Dominic, <clears throat> great guy, wasn't involved in anything crazy. He had a heroin problem mm. really bad. <clears throat> I sent him to a friend of mine who was a therapist and had him under control. And he, he was a good therapist. And Dominic would come in my house. Such a good, I mean, one of the nicest guys ever I ever met such a good friend to me for a long time and he would be shooting so much he would get the uh, cyst okay and he would bandage his arm and I'm like what happened because I don't know any of this shit like I'm all new to this is all new this is my first move down here. I don't know anything about hair if you put heroin and coke right here I couldn't I think one's more yellow than the, the other one right. like I really don't know anything yeah. about it you know and if you put both in front of you anyway it's going to be all fentanyl anyway yeah so, uh, yeah it's a, de it's a death wish right. you know but back then you know it wasn't all over the place right great guy and he would come in and wrapped up and I'm like what happened I fell and then over time I realized no he had a cyst and it got infected because he was shooting in the same spots and it was this arm that arm but so nice so kind and then I said Dominic what the fuck is going on and he said look I got a really bad heroin problem I went I, I went he goes I wanted to do it for my girl I went to go to detox and they didn't give me anything mm -hmm. he goes and I'm not going to sit I'm not going to quit and sit there for a day and a half jumping out of my fucking skin. I'm just going to leave and go. I'm not going to do that. Right. So I sent him to a very good therapist that I knew. And my therapist said, look, I'm going to give you Xanax. I'm going to give you uh, some Oxy, mm -hmm. but very little amount. If you take, I'm going to give you 10 and 10. If you take one, whatever, you know, the right way to do it would be. Right. 
You take 10 and 10 and you take them the right way, you come back, I'll give you 10 and 10 more. Mm. And he had them down, Alex. He had them off everything. And that's how he did. He gave him shit. Right. You know, he gave him the Xanax. He gave him the Oxy. Then the Roxy. He gave him, and then it would be down to five. If you come back in five, six days, and you only took five, all right, we'll give you three. Right. Like, he did what you're supposed to do, right? right? Yeah, gradually wean somebody down. Yeah, not just, like, stop and stand there and fucking die. Right. You know, or feel like you're dying. And then, you know, he's all cleaned up. I see him. Never seen him look better. He... Opens up a business because he's very smart. Boom, boom, boom. Moves to Texas. And I said, oh, shit. Because that meant he couldn't go to the guy that I set him up with. So for maybe like three months, he would come back every two weeks. Make sure he went back to the doc. Because the doc would keep him like on a hanger. Like, right. all right, you need to Then he, he shift him to uh, Klonopin okay. to get all, you know what I mean? Like yeah, just yeah. slow shifts. Right. But it kept him clean. You know, where no heroin, no nothing. Well, after about three months of being in Texas, I, you know, maybe he got content or it's just like too much flying back and forth. He right. thought it was all right. Goes out one night, doesn't have the doc around, hadn't been to him in two months. He had called, he had called me and said, hey, have you seen Dominic? I said, no, I think he's getting married. You know, maybe he's tied up. Boom. One night went out to Houston. Maybe he had too many drinks. And this particular doctor was like a... Uh, Kind of like a concierge doctor where you could call him anytime. And my friend Dominic would call him whenever he felt like he was in trouble. And he was like, Dominic hasn't called me. And then I kept calling, calling, and calling. Nothing, nothing. He had come back home. He had come back here to go see the doc. Mm-hmm. He went to his house. And I guess when he, he, would, he had done some shit at the club in Houston, got right back into the routine. That's why he flew back to come see the doc. He got shit here maybe a year and a half ago. It had the shit in it. His dad walks in, dead on the floor. Fucking nuts, right? Yeah. And a great guy. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and then and then I say, and the fentanyl is what yeah. killed him. So at first I was always like, well, like Portugal had great results with making all drugs legal. Like you right. can walk in. Like, you know, you're done with that shit. So you're not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. You know? But then I had talked to this guy, Mike, who dealt with the heroin epidemic in New York in the 80s and 90s and so on. And he was like, yeah, you wouldn't do it, but other people will do it. And they'll go in and they'll get other people. But then if they make it too expensive, you know, with the taxes, mm-hmm. they're just going to go to the street and get the same right. shit anyway. Right. So now you're going to people, maybe you and I wouldn't do it, but, uh, you know, it's a growing phase if you did that. Mm-hmm. And here in America, with the way we are, there are going to be people that normally wouldn't do it. They're going to walk in and do it, and they get addicted and all fucked up. Right. And then he was like, the ones that I was referring to, you know, like my friend Dominic, maybe if he went in and just got what he needed that didn't have fentanyl and he'd right. still be here, his, like, devil's advocate, advocate was, he wasn't like, no, he was just, and this was a DEA agent, then Secret Service. He was like, but you have to look at both sides. Because if Dominic doesn't have money and he walks in there and that bag of heroin is 10 more times of what it is on the street, Mm. he's going to go to the street. Right. If he's that bad and wants it to have fentanyl in, and I'm like, people actually want it to have fentanyl in it? And he's like, oh, buddy, you don't know anything. Yeah. If there's not fentanyl, they're going to go get it because it's a bigger bang for the buck. Right. So then he made me rethink that. What is your opinion on legalizing where you can go in? Because (laughs) after talking to him... It's ah, that's a tough one. I mean, that's that's kind of like a 
complete reset button, you know, like if we were to do that, I'm not, I, I don't, it's like you brought up Italy with the, with the wine where they start young. Um, I don't even think it's that they start young per se. It's that it's, it's, there's no stigma attached to it. You know, like if it, like anytime, like I'd, I, I went to Italy, I don't think anyone ever made a remark about like other people drinking, you know, at any point, whether it was like somebody at, you know, the kitchen table drinking wine or like at a dinner table, whatever. Um, because like, because it's not a big deal. Right. Right. So like from the time you're born, it's not a big deal. It's just, it's there. So like, if you like to have a drink with breakfast, it's no big deal. Whereas here, certain people look at you like, dude, you're drinking at fucking nine o'clock in the morning. Well, maybe it's just my fucking day off. Right. Right. Over there is normal. So if you put that together with the, you know, legalizing drugs, Mm -hmm. you know, in the beginning, like I said, it would be a lot of fucking problems. I'm sure. But say fifty years from now, when it's just normal, right. if you want it, you can go get it. Right. So there'd eventually, be- you're going to cycle out the people that are actively addicted, and right. like even the people that are like, for me, um, like I try to tell people that like I speak to, um, my job is not when I get you on the phone like to get you sober. I don't, I, I don't give a shit whether you stay sober, whatever. Like my job, my job is like, does your life suck so bad that you're call, you're cold calling strangers in other states? To help you like that's, you know, when you just look at it black and white, like things have gotten pretty fucked up for you if that's what you're doing, Um, you know, and for me, I just I try to tell them, like, listen, don't uh, because like my parents did this and not to not to say like they they made a like most people do this. Most parents do this. Like, um, I don't like when I say that, like people think I'm like going after my parents, Um, you know, we uh, I think there's way too much of an emphasis um put on you know continued sobriety whatnot that doesn't mean anything if if i'm if i have depression and i'm not like a stone cold alcoholic or a stone cold drug addict and i relapse it's not as bad as let's say somebody that is just an like a an alcoholic or an addict that does relapse you know like if i'm self-medicating an unmedicated and untreated thing that's what that is and we have to treat that before we do anything else so when i tell people like don't come to treatment thinking like I'm going to be sober forever. Like make that decision every day. You don't have to like put this monkey on your back where you're like, wow, you know, I'm 21. I guess I'm never going to drink again. Never going to get high again. It's like, no, like we're going to bring you in. We're going to hopefully like turn your life around and get you to a point where like things get better. If things get better that you can maintain a life that like you socially do whatever you want, like go for it. I'm not, I'm not here to tell you that you can't. I'm here. All I'm here to do is like to tell you that like you, you need a break. Um, you know, and if you decide that your uh, sobriety is going to be long term, if you feel that your sobriety is going to be something that defines you as a person, great. But that's like not what I'm about, like creating like a new generation of, if that makes sense. Because for me, I went to N.A., I did the steps um, and I would relapse every time because like I wasn't going to therapy. I wasn't treating the anxiety, the depression, like all the other things underneath. And also maybe too much pressure, you know, like, right. oh, I can't relapse. Right. Where I. I think what you're saying is self-induced and it's also from society. It's from right. You know, those circles because I remember, you know, my friend Sal and Vinny, a lot of friends, like they would relapse and call their sponsor and it'd be like this, this like lecture mm-hmm. instead of just being like, Hey, look, it's all right. right. Come on. We'll, we'll detox you again. We'll figure it out. It's not the end of the world. Right. Thank you for calling. You know, come on, I'll help you. Isn't that how it should be? Yeah. It shouldn't I be mean, like you relapsed. I mean, you like fucked I, up. Now you're not yeah, sober. I mean, you're not going to get the blue chip. Right. I, you know? I mean, I had a really old school 
like NA sponsor, um, you know, that was just like, you know, like when I went to celebrate like six months, he was like, sit down, shut the fuck up until like you have a year. Nobody gives a shit. And like for some people, that type of like, you know, uh, that type of, uh, I guess, treatment works. For, never you know, worked for me. Yeah, for me, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. Um, you know, but it's, it's um, the funniest thing I've ever heard, like working in treatment was when a clinical director wanted to kick out a patient because the patient had relapsed and lied about relapsing. Isn't that the time you should care the most? Right, right. Shouldn't you, while the person is safe in a rehab, which it was our job to make sure that they didn't get drugs in, so it's not this person's fault. It's our job you know, to, to make sure that that doesn't happen. If it did happen, it's not on the drug addict's fault. It's on us for creating you know, Jurassic Park. If, if the dinosaurs get out, it's on us. It's but not I, a- Alex, like again, when you were in your addiction, mm-hmm. right? You would find a way right. to get what you needed. Right. So no matter how how much you like wire fence and right. fucking bears or whatever you wanted, if you wanted it, mm-hmm. you could find a way to get it thrown over. And if that didn't work, you'd find ten other right. ways, right? right? And and a patient did that, and you know we found out, and the clinical director was like, "We're going to kick this guy out. Oh, he's asshole. he's he's li- you know he's a liar. He's this and that." And like we were all like. Now, what do you think he's that a, does to him? He's a drug addict. You mean he's a drug addict in treatment, in active addiction? He's lying? Wow. We all did. We all did. You know, like what? Now you kick him out. What do you right, think happens? We're going to kick him out and we're going to, and he's going to go like, this is like treatment is just an extension of everything I've already experienced. We're like, I can't, nobody will just, you know, and I'm not saying like pat every addict on the back and like, let them just, you know, like let them steal from you or anything like that. But, you know, the amount of shame that is attached to that. You know, when like it, I think it takes a lot of balls to like go to an NA meeting after you've relapsed and say, like, I relapsed instead of like continuing the lie. Um, and a lot of people, myself included, like would lie about having relapsed because it, God forbid I say that in this meeting, I'm going to get treated differently. I'm not going to, you know, get invited to. True. Yeah. Like, Let me ask you this question. Yeah. <clears throat> now, had you relapsed and you had somebody to call and say, hey, it's okay, mm-hmm. would you then have robbed somebody and done A, B, C, D? If. If your sponsor or whatever said, hey, it's no big deal, mm. whatever, we all do. Right. Let, let me come over. Let me help you out. <clears throat> you know, let, let's get you. Know, okay, you relapse, throw you a little something so you feel better. Mm. Let's start again tomorrow. Right. That may have ended all of it right then and it there. It could have, yeah. Um, I was never, you know, fortunate enough. Uh, well, because it doesn't really right. exist. So I, I th- that's what blows my mind. It, and, and there's more than one of people that I know that if they relapse, it's the end of the fucking world. Right. But- you know, there's a problem there. Right. So I, when you shame somebody because they relapse and they lie, mm-hmm. then they hide it. Right. Then they do more than they usually would because they got to do it quick so nobody finds out. Yep. Then the family says, oh, or the wife or the girlfriend or your friends, why? You left rehab. You got kicked out of rehab. You suck. You loser. You can do it. Oh, you relapse. You're a bum. You're never going to change. What do you think that does? That's, yeah. Then you just hit the, hit the streets running. Right. And that that happens all too often. And that that I felt like, you know, like around like when I was here last, that was starting to happen to me where like I wasn't addressing, you know, like my underlining issues. I was just like, yeah, I'm sober. I'm coming up on 10 years. Yeah. You know, like that's supposed to do something for me. You know, like that's supposed to somehow chemically change, you know, what's going on. It didn't. And it's not going to. Um, so I think like way too much emphasis is put on like just sobriety itself when like, what the fuck does that mean? You know, like I care about like if you, if you know, if you called me up and like you were shooting dope, you were doing whatever drugs, like I can deal with the fact like we gave you, you know, you were, let's say doing two bundles of dope a day. 
I gave you a bundle to like carry you over and then a half a bundle and then you know we weaned like the diet like right. the diet. I can deal with that because I can deal with you alive. I'd much rather deal with you alive. I'd much rather deal with you calling me at three AM, hey, I'm gonna relapse, I'll come over then like be at your funeral. You know, and that's that's uh, it's I didn't think at thirty four most of the people that like I knew I grew up with, like that I was close with would be dead, but they are. Um, and it, almost all of it has been over the last like 10 years or so since I've gotten, you know, uh, clean and sober. And it's, it's, it's so much of it is just people that don't get the right help. You know, they just get thrown down one funnel, you know, put labeled one thing and that's, that's it. You know, like I, I got treated like an addict for five years until like, I realized like, oh, I'm an addict because of the depression, the anxiety. So like, as soon as I start dealing with this the behaviors like you said like would you rob somebody like that that second nature shit no longer happens you know like if, I, if i'm a good person i'm not gonna p be a piece of shit whether i'm addicted or not so and i'm not gonna be addicted if i'm a good person if that makes sense and that's yeah. not to say that people that are addicted right. aren't good people but if i'm li if i'm happy i'm much less likely to relapse I, i'm just saying and you know more than me i, I i'm just saying from what i've seen if if they stop saying addicted, mm -hmm. drug addict, you relapse. Like, it's such this, like, horrible thing right. that already makes a fucked up person feel even worse. Right. You know, okay, you relapsed. It's not that big a deal. Right. Let's fix it. Okay, you relapsed again. Let's fix it. Like you said, you're still alive, right? Yeah. So the answer is we need more people like you running this shit. I guess. Um, <laughs> you know, I uh, I had hair when I got into the field, so, you know, it, it, uh, <laughs> it takes a lot out of you. Um, well, you probably saved a lot of people that would not have been saved because they would have done, oh, you relapse, you, wow, you're terrible, you're this, right. you're that. Why not be positive? It's right. okay. Everybody does. Yeah. And, you know, it's, um, you know, the, the, the guy with the gun, you know, like it's um, – being in recovery, being like a mental health counselor, like I see Good so I see so often um just unchecked shit that's just holding people back. And like it breaks my heart. You know, where like certain comics like just drink like I, I, I don't give a shit if you drink, if you do drugs, whatever. Like I'm not that guy that's just, you know, like, oh I'm ten years sober. You know, like I do stand up comedy mostly in like Kava bars, which half the time like the all the people in there are either on dope or coming off of dope or uh, Kratom is pretty much like liquid dope. So, uh, you know, I had that at my bar uh -huh. uh, when I had the beer. Remember when I had the beer and wine and mm -hmm. the vapes? I had yeah. that Kratom shit. That is a, just as, as yeah. No, no, I've, I've had friends need to go to treatment for that. Bro, I had people line. I had four bars. I had the crate, the green one. Uh -huh. I think that's what the hyper Kratom and Kava. Yeah. The Kratom. No, I didn't have the Kava. Okay. The, the Kratom. There's like a green label one, and that's supposed to be like one opiate and then there's a blue one whatever right it was so bad scott for real they would line up my the, the bar went open at nine i won a north lake pga tampa and ebor all four bars that had that which we had them in because it was the profit was huge mm -hmm. lined up at 8 30 to get in and i mean like a line yeah. like if you're getting into a club to like get might that as well shit. be a methadone clinic might as well yeah. be it which is yeah. the worst of them all. right and uh, i was uh, i was telling him actually before uh, the show started like a lot of kava bars for some reason have comedy shows in them which uh, you know it's easy it, not easy but like you know when people are drinking alcohol it's a lot easier to get them to laugh because they're loosened up whatever like when they're on kratom and kava whatever like they're on opiates so they're just sitting there like <sighs> 
<laughs> and like you get a whole room like I've I've done like sold out rooms you know of kava bars where it's just fifty people going. <laughs> it's like okay you know like you please clap. My my like, friend Dylan opened up a bunch around here. Okay, he's got an ice cream shop, and I tried that kava once. I got so goddamn sick, maybe really? nauseated as hell. Yeah, I, I didn't even know what it was. Right, you know what what is kava? I'm not actually? I'm not entirely. Sure. sure. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> not, not. Whatever the chef in the back decides yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, whatever, whatever <laughs> the dirt water is of the day. I don't know. Scott, what do you think about legalization of drugs? What What do you think? You like? What's your opinion on that? Just out of curiosity. Too political. No. Um... Nah, it's not political. <laughs> Fuck political. I think they should make most drugs legal. Most. Most of them. Yeah. Which ones would you keep out? Oh, heroin's got to got to keep that out mm. um, maybe too dangerous yeah coke is okay uh you know obviously weed's okay um but you know it, it, it's hard it's a hard decision yeah you know you, you never know what's gonna happen yeah i was just curious to know thank you i think yeah. there's also um you know because i've had this discussion and like my dad's gotten like really mad at me um like when i say like i i think uh, people i think uh get too caught up in like the labels like if you say like decriminalizing it's not the same thing as making it legal you know if you say like legalizing it that's a different conversation as well um i think just getting rid of the like i grew up in a town where we literally had to like become like master thieves ma not master thieves um like i i almost had to like become um like a drug smuggler when I'm just smoking pot, <laughs> like I'm serious, like like we. Where'd you grow up again? Uh, Marlboro, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like we had such talking. militant I'm cops, like that. that like they they took that stuff. I was in PA, so you know, right. you know I know. Like, like I was getting and and you know like people turn around and make the argument like were you breaking the law? Yes. Okay. So you know, therefore what you were doing wasn't okay. So it was illegal. I get that. Um, but like I don't think at seventeen. Actually, no. I started smoking when I was eighteen. Um. I don't think at 18 I should have been handled worse by the police than when I was actively shooting dope. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like uh, you wouldn't think so, right? Right. Um, so uh, you know, there's there's definitely um, you know just uh, a stigma attached to just uh, what is kind of like criminal behavior or whatnot, and like anytime you create um, you know an opportunity, not even for shame, but like at 18, 17, whatever, like you know, I'm sure like you know like. Most people uh, like drink and do drugs or smoke whatever. Like, when did you like first smoke pot? Uh long time. Okay, it was a long time because well, no, when I was in high school, me and my okay. friend used to go in the woods and we used to look for leaves that looked like pot, but it was plants. Okay, and we were just smoking like fucking leaves to be cool. Gotcha. Uh, but the first time was when they had shake, maybe like eleventh okay. or twelfth grade or something. Okay, right. remember it used to be like you used to pick out the seeds and yeah. shit. Oh yeah, like, yeah back yeah. in those days. Yeah. So maybe like 2000. So maybe when I was like 16 or 17. Okay. See, like, I feel like all of the attached behaviors, so like lying about where you were to your parents, you know, like having to, you know, like... Sneaking it. Yeah, like ha just all of that behavior reinforces all of this other stuff that like is unnecessary. You know, if if like if, if it was just like, hey, mom, I have uh, depression and, you know, when I smoke this for whatever reason, like I don't want to jump out of a house, you know, uh, or like jump out of a window, like, okay. But they go, what did I do wrong? Right. What, what, how did I right. raise a son like right. this? But yeah. Man, I can't my, believe. Yeah. My son smokes pot. Wow. What does that mean about me? Our family? Uh, like I got in trouble 20 years ago. My mom says, what did I do wrong to raise you to like this? Blah, 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 right. blah, blah. Mom, 
your whole entire cousins are in trouble. Right. <laughs> you know, everybody yeah. in the family's in trouble but you. Right. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I could, you, but I, she was cool though. I could tell her shit, she just bitch mm-hmm. and then be there for me. Okay. But I mean, bitch for days. And then as an old Italian woman, something that happened in 92 would be thrown in my face. Oh, yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think you're right though. If you just go and just tell somebody like, hey, look. Right. And not make it such a big damn right. deal. I like I um you know like I'm I'm in therapy and so like I uh I, like I'm I'm kind of going over like moments in my life that like I I was like either full of shame guilt whatever and like some of them are extreme examples that like I need to like look at process whatever and like some of them are just funny. Um, I had to build up the courage for like three days when I um you remember Napster? Yeah, Napster, okay. of course. Yeah, yeah. So, like, Napster? yeah. So I'm I'm in like sixth grade just discovering like all music, whatever, and like I downloaded all sorts of songs or whatever. Like, what, was, I, what was it out? Napster, LimeWire. Kazaa. Kazaa. Um, yeah, Kazaa crashed a few <laughs> yeah, I, I crashed a few computers with Kazaa. Um yeah, LimeWire too was a bad one. Um but uh I remember yeah. I, I I had to like work up the courage to tell my dad like i you know i'm doing this thing that's technically not legal because like i i i was raised so like catholic you know it, it, it either is or isn't like okay so and like even that conversation was uncomfortable so years later when it came to like hey i have a drug problem hey i'm struggling like how was that conversation right yeah <laughs> um right so and you know that's and again that's not a knock on my parents it's just i think a knock on like how we treat and stigmatize and shame and also, you know, your parents, like mine are old school, so they, right. they don't understand. Right. You know, may, maybe a couple of generations further right. will understand, hopefully, right. you know, and, and then I, I, you know, I think that that will go down. As far as legalizing, you know, I worked in Portugal, mm-hmm. but, you know, Portugal is a lot different than the U.S., you know. Yeah, a little bit. And the way Portugal did it was, say you have a kilo in the car, mm-hmm. instead of doing 20 years, you have to go to rehab every week. And it's right. rehab like you, right. like someone who already got caught. And part of your sentence is you have to work in a rehab clinic professionally for five years, however many hours a day mm-hmm. or a week and deal with people that did what you did. Right. And if you fuck up, then you go to jail. Right. Yeah. And that worked out. But, you know, I I've said this before and not that I got it from me. I just got it through other people. I'm not smart enough to think like this, but America has egos. And like Portugal doesn't have that type of ego. Mm-hmm. So they put in, they don't have a problem putting in a drug addict <clears throat> or a formal drug addict or a formal p- person that was poisoned by drugs into a rehab center in a professional job to take care of their people. And that's why their crime rate went down 82%. Now, here we would just say, oh, it's legal walking to Walgreens right. and rehab would stay the same. Right. So, in that sense, like where Scott was saying about like heroin, mm-hmm. if we had a country like Portugal, it'd be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But here, that might be a little bit dangerous to go that far. But right. the other shit. But then, if they did that, Alex, they would tax the hell out of it, of, of course. And yeah. then it would be it would be like, well, I can't afford it, so I might as well just go kill myself anyway and and roll the dice. Right. Right. Um, you know, the, the pharmaceutical companies have kind of ruined everything. Yeah. Um, you know, and like for, you know, you were saying Modanafil. Uh, yeah. The brand um, name's Provigil okay. and uh, um, generic is right. Modafinil. And it's so, like they're, <clears throat> so like, like weed, I, like 
out of nowhere, all of a sudden you can go everywhere and get, you know, medically, and it's a joke, you know, like down here in Florida, like if you say you have headaches, like, oh, okay, here's your medical card, you know, like, and there, I'm, I'm sure there are people that actually legitimately need it. Um, weed for two, like, like weed, mushrooms, ketamine, you know, these things are like, uh, like DMT. I've done DMT before. Um, you know, these are things that like we stigmatize the hell out of, but we're not taking full advantage of like the the beneficial properties and, and, and um, like how much they can heal people. Um, you know, like I know people that are um, like microdosing, uh, microdosing mushrooms. Um, and if I were to say to somebody in NA, like, oh, they're you know microdosing mushrooms, like that's pretty much saying like, oh, yeah, they're getting fucked up on mushrooms every single day. Like that's the mentality that that person has. Uh, but within like the mental health field, like we're actually seeing that that's that's really helping people um, like we're we're turning depression, we're turning anxiety around and without the need to go back to harder drugs and whatnot. Um, so I, I feel like we we did a huge disservice in like the 80s, the 70s and 70s, 80s, 90s, like kind of going after drugs, like the war on drugs when like we should have been looking more into them. If that makes sense. Wasn't it Reagan who really cracked down on that shit? It was Reagan. It was Nancy Reagan. Don't do drugs. Right. That was her. That like, was we, we fucked. We, that, yeah. That's when everything got crazy. Yeah, right? because we, we not only, like, I think de- we, we stigmatized drugs. We stigmatized drug use. We, I think we stigmatized mental health as yeah. well. Um, if you look back, you, you should read. That was all Reagan. Right. Um, but we also militarized the police from that point. You know, it was no longer, um, you know, like. Well, the, that has to come from somebody. Right. And, you, and, that the, and the thing is, like, when you fight a war, like the war on drugs, there has to be an enemy. Right. And you like you there has to actually be a war that happens. So you have to like fight. You have to arm yourself like you're going to war, which is why, like, you know, like Marlboro police had like bulletproof, almost like Hummer tanks to pull over like a 17 year old in a cobalt with a 20 with $15 worth of pot, you know. And they really did. too. right. Yeah. And that's not an exaggeration because, you know, um, because that's and, and like weed being classified the same as um Heroin. It's a schedule one federally. Yeah. Um, is ridiculous. I don't what do you think now you're in the mental health I've asked everyone mm-hmm. why <clears throat> so federally it's a schedule one. Right. Same as heroin. Mm-hmm. But yet the states choose if it's recreational or medical. Right. Can you explain to me how that works huh? when it's a federal schedule one? I guess, but yet it's you can get a medical car for it? I mean there's yeah, so, there's something I'm fucking missing here. Right. Um, it's, it, yeah, I don't know. You don't I, even I, know. <laughs> it, it, it makes no fucking sense well, to me. You know, when I was growing up, teenager in the late 60s, I mean, there was everything. Nobody knew what it was, but you go to a party and it's like, uh, uh try some of this or try some of that. And people were making shit in their basements. I mean, you, you never know what, what right. you come up with here. Drink that, you know, yeah. whatever. Everything was laced with something. Yeah. You know, and, and it was crazy. And nobody's. There, Nobody. You're said, all right. Everybody else, well, yeah, I'm fine. I'm still, I'm still here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's weird because, like, I, I, I would have liked to go to Woodstock just once. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Get, almost, do you ever go to Woodstock? Almost made it. Ah, oh, I, 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 I could have. I would have bet money you had gone when Oz I was. I was 16, right? So all my friends decide well, a few days before we're gonna go. We had one friend that had a car. <laughs> he was 17. He was a little older, so he had a car. So we all tell our parents, like, the night before, like, on Thursday night, we're going to go down Friday morning, right? Or something like that, or Friday. Friday comes, and all on the news and shit like that, traffic jams, 500,000 people, (laughs) a million people, and all our parents were like, 
you are not going. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. So we, we didn't make it. Oh. You know, that was like such a bummer. Wow. That was like unbelievable. But, you know, 16 years old, uh, just missed. I, I, I watched the documentary on the one in the 90s. Yeah. And all went to hell and they started burning everything and, and all that shit. But isn't that what Woodstock kind of, I mean, I don't. I, I mean, I feel like that one went a that little one off went the rails. A little bit yeah. Off rails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't but, duplicate the original. Yeah, yeah, right. But then in the 90s, now you have all, you know. It was a completely different vibe. Right, you know, because yeah. Reagan did his bullshit, then that followed up, so it wasn't like it was in the 70s and 80s, right? When, when was the real good one? The 70s. 69. 69. Yeah. I was yeah. the one. Man, if I was alive in 69, I would have walked to that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Almost did. <laughs> Almost did. Fucking <laughs> yeah. crazy, man, but. More people like you, and you and you fix the problem. I'm, you know, certainly trying. I mean, really, because uh, that relapse thing has killed a lot of my friends. Because they they didn't know who to tell, they couldn't tell anybody, and that just made them worse. Right. Because now they're even more depressed than they were. Right. Instead of just somebody saying, "Okay, what's the big deal?" And you know, it's crazy. Like, there's so much stigma attached to it in my field that, um, you know, even when I was going through, like, but they're all fucking caught up with that money. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but like it, it's. To kind of double down on that, like when I was going through it, like, you know, like I like when you have depression, sometimes like your weight goes up, your weight goes down, uh, your weight almost always goes down when you're getting high. So like I, I was walking around like getting self like self-conscious, like, oh, I'm not eating as much. So I probably look like, you know, this and that. Like it's it's a whole like self-induced. Oh, yeah. Hey, how about the how about the how about the depression medication that they give you? That makes you gain twenty pounds. Yeah. Oh, that's really like, gonna work. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna look in the mirror and and, and I'm, my gut's gonna be hitting my ankles. Right. Yeah. That. Gee, I think You're I'm gonna a lot go better now. Yeah. Where's my plug at? What's the number? Is he still around? Right. And, you know. Right. <laughs> right. Anyway. Yeah. You know. I mean. Hopefully, more people like you do what you're doing. But I hope even when your comedy blows up, you still do what you do. Yeah. I mean, I I love doing it. Um. I uh. I just do it because like had somebody had somebody just taken five minutes with like my mom who it's almost always like the mom or you know um the like uh friend or like loved one that's like first scrambling um it's almost never like the actual person that like picks up the the phone initially for whatever reason um and i want to say something here because a friend of mine did pass away. What is the thing that the parents are to go to or your wife or whatever? Uh Al-Anon? Yeah, Al-Anon. Yeah. That's a bunch of bullshit. I've not fuck out. I've not ever had any experiences like where like people I've known have gone and have come away with anything uh productive. I've had 3 and all 3 are dead right now. Okay. Like all I've had is like people go to that and come back going like I'm never talking to my son again. Like why? Cuz he's going to just get high forever. Like who the fuck? What fucking meeting did you go to? You know, like it's they just scare the shit out of me. The last time I saw my friend Sally goes, <clears throat> my wife went to this. What is it called? Uh, uh, either Al Anon or whatever, or <clears throat> and they told her that I'm an enabler, mm-hmm. and I'm divorcing you, Sal. Next day later, fucking overdose killed himself because he had two kids, right. and he didn't want to leave his kids because right. he's fucking Al Anon said right. that she's an enabler because and- the fucking guy's shaking to death. Didn't want to fucking kill him. And alcohol is the one that can kill you. Went and got him a six fucking pack so he could taper off the shit. And now she's like the devil because she gave him a six pack. Right. Versus that couple going to a therapist and the therapist either figuring out like you are an enabler. And if you're not, how can we work on the behavior? Like I, I, NAA I, just takes like I personally yeah. knew her and she was just trying to taper right. him off because right. otherwise he was just going to keep getting hammered. Because, right. you know, he, 
he would come in like like this and fucking sweating and fucking going like like he'd have three shirts with him to change them, mm-hmm. you know. Just such a bad, bad, bad situation. But yeah. how, how did you, being in comedy, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of drugs in comedy. I asked you this before, but right. you're, and you're still clean. I know you got the mindset, but still, you know, how do you not do anything uh, or, uh, or or just avoid it and, and still progress? I mean, alcohol, um, I never enjoyed it, like even when I was drinking. So, like, that's not, like, a hang-up for me at all. Um, and, like, specifically... Uh, comedians get like really dumb when they drink um, I think uh, so just seeing how much that's held other comedians back on stage and off stage even if I like was struggling I think with alcohol like that enough has been like powerful enough where like I, you know I've, I've watched comedians lose their license and like therefore lose the ability to produce shows and make it to shows and like like why because you you know like we're so we're like 30, you know, 34, 35, 36. We're not 18, 21 years old anymore. Like you don't have to drink till you're four, you know, till four o'clock in the morning till you're blackout. You're like, what are we doing here, guys? Um, but then you got to go back, though, and you say, are are they trying to get it in as much as they can before they get home because they're going to get talked down to? I mean, you, uh, you most know. comics are my age, so I don't think they're going to talk down. I, um, I was trying to help them out a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> no, um it's but e- even like the drinking and stuff it's it's and i try not to like analyze everybody around and it's it's really difficult but like you know like this person like wow if this person just knew how codependent they were and if they just worked on that you know all these other issues that they keep fucking bitching and whining about would just you know go away or like this girl that like just keeps going from like bad guy to bad guy like you know instead of getting sober like somebody should just sit her down and go like hey you know maybe for the first time in your life, like try not to, you know, date a dude that reminds you of your dad, you know, um, maybe, you know, um, it hasn't worked out so far. Um, you know, just like stuff like that, where, um, I almost feel like we've gotten to a point where like, we're afraid to be honest with each other. Um, I think we are. Yeah. And like, I, I'm very like, if I'm fucking up, I want someone to call me on my shit. Like if I'm not acting right, whether it's personally, you can't, it's socially, it's bowling now. Right. Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> you can't you can't say you right. can't say nothing right you know I don't know well you keep doing what you're doing and hopefully it gets better and, yeah. and you know build your own clinic and get the right people in there eventually when you make it when you're headlining comics take that money and open your own clinic and make it a franchise boom yeah Alex Cavallo the comedian and he's also got a great rehab and it's in every state 10 right. years from now yeah that should be the goal right yeah and maybe I'll like make enough money I could grow hair back. <laughs> hey, I it's not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, I, I I went to uh, you know all of the places you can get your hair to grow, and it didn't work. I so. can tell you where it will work. Okay. So my friend, who's crazy, but he's cool to me. Mm-hmm. But if he if he thinks he can get over on you, he will. Okay. Uh, my friend Matt, he did twelve years in prison. Got his hair done. He went to Men's Hair Club in Tennessee. Okay. Uh, sixteen years ago. He, okay. he got out maybe three years ago, and it, his hair, yours is not, his hair was that back to here. Okay. They cut back here, full head of hair. After really? 12 years in prison, huh. from penitentiary to medium okay. to low to out. Penitentiary in federal prison is not a good time. No. Medium's all right. Low's all right. Mm-hmm. Camp is a joke. Penitentiary Hell no. Yeah, you're not growing hair back and yeah. No, no. They're they're shooting at you every day. Right. Like the sirens are going off and shit right. like that. And he's still got a full head of hair. Nice. 
so I asked him, I said, what's the guy's name? <laughs> and it was Tennessee, David, whatever. Okay. I give it to you. And I'm telling you, he's full head of hair. Huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so are you still doing um, the Novell Club? Novell Club? Yeah, I mean, that's um, – so I'm a huge pro wrestling fan. Uh, there was a group called uh, Bullet Club in Japan, and they were selling a fuck ton of T-shirts that kind of looked like that. So I just took my dog's face – call it novello club um that's just kind of like my brand so to speak uh so yeah i'm still doing it um i'm trying to uh i have new shirts coming out uh next month um and a few other designs i'm i got a lot going on i'm I'm, i may or may not be like launching a clothing line that has nothing to do with my comedy um it might have to do i don't know we'll see we'll see right are you still a cat carrier Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, so people that haven't seen the first one, break down the cat character. Right, okay. You got a lot of this. So, uh, so when I when I last saw <laughs> you, you got to have a good joke. With yeah, this. yeah. Right. So when I was last living <laughs> with you, I was living with a couple, um, in West Palm, and I had a cat, and they had two cats, and I have a dog. Like there were three people, four animals in a very small apartment, and like it was just chaos. Um, since uh, since I've, uh, you know, been last here. Uh, they moved out to Sacramento, uh, took two of the cats with them. So now it's just me and a cat and a dog. Uh, so it's much more manageable. Um, yeah. So, give me, yeah. give me a joke that you made on the cat, ca- the, the cat carrying guy. He, um, had, he had to come up with one. Last time he came in, he goes, yeah, I'm a cat carrying. What the fuck is a cat carrying? I think, I think that was like my Facebook thing. And like, you just, uh, referenced it. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, uh, it's not really a joke about like the, the cats, but like with the dogs, I figured out like I'm. I'm so awkward that like I can walk into stores with my dog and no one will ask like is that your service dog like they're just like okay that's just that's the that's service. service dog you know? <laughs> yeah. um, so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but you know I recently discovered that who's your favorite comedian right now Joey Diaz that's your favorite one hundred percent I'm doing I do comedy because of Joey Diaz so you um, watch a lot of like Joey Diaz tape yeah and... um, I was uh, I was going over step work like I was like two years. Uh, clean miserable like fucking miserable um and uh he put out a clip uh like they did a thing on comedy central uh this is not happening and um he did a whole story about like the time that he tried heroin um it was like a 10 15 minute clip and it was uh, like i i'd never seen somebody's story somebody's comedy just like speak to me like this is he's telling my story like every joke was like i get that you know because i'm i'm a drug addict i you know um, and he's from Jersey. It was just like literally watching somebody like, like my sense of humor just manifest. And like from that moment, like I've been obsessed with comedy. Like I started watching his show, um, and like literally watching his, um, watching his YouTube channel. Like I just, uh, that and watching this, uh, comedian Jackie Sanchez, who's actually going to be on the show Thursday. Uh, like just this light went off in my head. Like you got to try this, you know, like not, you know, not to say like you can do better than these people or, you know, like anything like that, but like that inspired me so much to just keep fucking do it. Yeah. 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 Are you a, are you a comedian that messes with the crowd? Like, like do you, like if you see a guy that's, you know, I don't know, you like, you know, like some, sometimes like you'll pick somebody like I never sit in the front row. I make sure mm-hmm. I'm in the fucking back. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's dicey because I feel like, uh, This episode is brought to you by Let's Get Checked. Are you the man your father was? Recent studies have shown that men's testosterone levels have dropped substantially since the 1980s at about an average of 1% per year. Think about how old your father was when he was born. For example, if he was 30, your testosterone levels could be 30% lower than his. Low testosterone levels can have all type of health effects on men. It can affect your mood, sex drive, memory, muscle mass loss. 
you name it. And yes, low testosterone is more common the older you get, but it can affect men at any age. So let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in a discreet packaging with next day delivery. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. So, if you want to test your hormone levels without having to leave your home, visit trylgc.com backslash mscsmedia and get 25% off your test using the code mscsmedia. The link is in the description at the top. This podcast is brought to you by Monster Energy. Tear into a can of the meanest energy drink on the planet, Monster Energy. It's the ideal combo of the right ingredients in the right proportion to deliver a big bad buzz that only Monster can. Monster packs a powerful punch, has a smooth, easy drinking flavor. Athletes, musicians, co-eds, road warriors, metalheads, geeks, hipsters, and bikers dig it. You will too. Monster Energy is more than just the green OG. Monster has Monster Ultra, Juice Monster, Monster Hydro, Rehab Monster, Dragon Tea, Monster Max, Muscle Monster, and many more. Buy on Amazon, buy on Walmart, or go to monsterenergy.com and believe me, you'll find a place. Unleash the beast, Monster Energy. And a lot of comics are actually talking about this recently. Um, audiences, and I don't know if it's because of the Will Smith thing, but like are definitely lately emboldened. Don't forget about that Chappelle thing. Right, yeah, that guy had a right. lot of fucking time. Um, how do you have? Hey, how do you have that much time? You got. You know what I think happened with that is that those guys in the yellow shirts, mm-hmm. they were so watching Dave Chappelle. They weren't even. They weren't even paying right. attention because for that guy to, to get, that get on stage, yeah, to get to him, yeah. I mean, damn. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I'm noticing like audiences and not to say like they like, um, like there's a clip I think that recently went viral. Like somebody threw a beer bottle at a female comic and I think she like chugged it and like the crowd loved it, but like no one's thinking about the fact that like somebody just chugged the fuck, like somebody just fucking threw a beer bottle at this chick. Could have cut her up because of, because of a joke. You know, it's not like, you know, we're at a political rally and they're saying something that, you know, like this, this we're, I'm a clown. Like that's my, I decided one day I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be a clown at night. Like you don't throw things at, you know, you don't try to hurt a clown. Like you're a fucked up person. If you're like joke bad, ha, you know, like how, how much of a snowflake are you? Um, so, uh, you know, I, I don't know if like people are getting more violent, but I'm noticing from shows that I've been on, um, it's less now about the comic and more about like the person in the crowd and their experience. Uh, so I was actually on a show last week where like this couple up front, um, just really loud, really drunk, whatever, were like talking to each other, reacting to every single joke I was telling. And like, I knew if I just turn and talk to them, I'm going to lose the rest of the room. And they're like, this is just going to go sideways. It's going to get awkward. Um, so like I, I just completely ignored them, had a really good set because of that. Uh, the next comic after me, like a buddy of mine, like, I, I, I think he's just got bigger balls than me. Um, just <clears throat> she kept interrupting him and he went like, I know you think you're making this better, but you're not like, this isn't about you. Like we didn't have your name on the flyer. Like we had our name. <laughs> so like, you know, like you're just shut up, you know, did and, she like, stop? She, she actually did. I think I honestly, I think she was kind of into it. Um, that was a 50, 50, right. Shot, that, yeah. Definitely 50, 50 <laughs> shot. Um, and I think that, I think in this case, like the husband was like, Holy shit. Did somebody actually tell her to shut up finally? Uh, so he went along with it. You know, that could have turned into the husband trying to fight, you know, her 
getting vocal who knows um yeah but like it's uh people are definitely i think and and tiktok doesn't help either you know because like you just see these one clip and think that every comedy show is just comics heckling or uh you know uh the crowd heckling comics whatnot um I, I don't really like to go into the crowd unless I have to. Um, if something's going on, I feel like you're wrong for not addressing it. Um, you know, if, like, somebody drops something or if there's a fight or something, you don't just pretend it's not happening. Um, but I try not to go into the crowd because... You never know who you're dealing with. You never know who you're dealing with. And now, also, did you feel like that prior to the Will Smith and Chappelle and probably a handful of others that we don't know about? I think those... Uh, yeah. Um, I think those are that's just the symptom of the of the problem. Um, and uh, I think like we we as a society were cooped up. We didn't have entertainment. And now all of a sudden, like we're back out in society, you know, and we we're just all selfish pieces of shit. You know, it's not about the guy on stage and his performance it's about my night. And, you know, I paid for parking and I blah, 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 blah. So, like, you know, it doesn't matter. But you were right, though, because last time you were here, I don't think the Will Smith thing had happened, I think. Or maybe I it didn't. Yeah. I, Maybe it did. Maybe that was when Dave was here. But I had thought for sure, like, Dave would change, uh, Chappelle would change, mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> I might have texted you I and asked you what, yeah, what, yeah. What, what you thought. Right. And and you had said, those guys aren't going to change, and they didn't change. Right. And I, I had Dave in. Then I had uh, Hans Kim in, who opens up for Chappelle. Right. And he's like, no, they're just waiting for one of them, those guys to run up. Because Dave, he's as big as, he's this yeah, wide. yeah, yeah. And he's like, I'm just waiting. Right. And one of those guys run up with me. I drop him. There won't be anybody else running up with me. Right. This guy, uh, Dave Lucas, he's really getting big. His father's actually the real Frank Lucas from the movie American Gangster. But he never uses that. He wanted to make his way on his own. And he's a big fucking dude, right? Yeah. And he he don't fuck around. Right. Somebody runs up on him, you better have right. you better be ready. Right. And I've also like I've been in bands and been to like shows enough times where like I I, I've watched people try to rush the show and then the lead singer just kick the shit out of somebody in the head. Like, you're not getting on. Like, if I see somebody coming, <laughs> I, like, I, like, I'm taking you out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that ends it right down right. there. Yeah. All it's going to take is one time for, like, a you or, like, a Chappelle, Chappelle Security or Rock, right. somebody big in their security or them just to plummet somebody, and that all ends. Right. You know, yeah. I think Jamie Foxx actually like helped take out that guy when he uh, like went after Chappelle. I want to mess with Jamie Foxx right no. now. He's about to be Mike Tyson yeah. in a uh, thirty-part series. Do you know that? He looks like Mike Tyson, right? So he's jacked, right? Yeah. Now. I don't no, think you want to play with him. No, he's and he's just a fucking awesome actor. He is. He might be the best all-around talent. Probably, yeah, one of Scott. Who's better than him? He can sing. He can rap. Comedy, oh, just in terms act. of talent, yeah. No, but, like what can't this guy do? <laughs> right. I'm trying to think of one thing he did bad, and now he's going to play Mike Tyson. Right. So he's and honestly, he'll probably do that and probably wind up boxing. Probably. Let's be honest. Like <laughs> it's 2022. He'll fight Mayweather. He'll win. You know, um, in 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 Thailand or something. Um. Uh. Yeah. I, I mean, he sings. He dances. Yeah. What? Yeah. What doesn't he do? Uh, so, I mean, can you think of anybody more talented, like overall? He's he's at the top. He's up there, right? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Oh, I saw uh, Sharon Osbourne's coming out with the show. Another one? Yeah, she's coming out with the show. Yeah, because they were beating her in the head about, I don't know what she said. She didn't really say again. The, she didn't even say anything, but she had a show out of it. Okay. I, I love Sharon Osbourne. She's so fucking cool and stuck by Ozzy all that time. Yeah. That's a real woman. Right yeah, there. for sure. 
Yeah, because he was out of his fucking mind. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. A yeah. little bit. Yeah. You see, uh, Eddie Murphy was about, I don't know if he still is, but he was going to come back. Yeah, I got really excited he was going to come out. And- yeah, can you pull up a uh, tab too? Yeah, he, he said he was going to come back, and then COVID put him back. Uh, I didn't even know that, uh, what's the movie called? Uh, number two. Uh Ameri- what was coming that? to America? Yeah, yeah, yeah. coming to America two is out. Did you know? Right, yeah, yeah, right there it is. Eddie Murphy's plan to return to stand up was ruined by COVID. Scroll down a little bit. Eddie Murphy, his set returned to doing stand up comedy. Life goes back to normal. So he was gonna do it, and then what had happened was, yeah, just go over to the next one. Um, yeah, to the clip right there, the clip. Yep. And I hit play on that. This is uh, coming to America two trailer. I can't believe it's out. Right? Did you know it was out? Yeah, I wasn't too uh, wasn't too happy about it. Oh, you saw it? Yeah. What a uh, so it's not that great. No. You will be king. I mean, because the, the original is one of my favorite movies. Like right. that's. But the throne must pass to a male heir. A king. It appears you have a son. You must be found. Prepare the royal jet. We are going back to America. Oh, hell no, your majesty. Come on. I'm back. Say it again. I didn't even know it came out. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's you know, it's, like, nice seeing these characters again, but it was just like, what is it? You know, this didn't need to happen. Arsenio. Is that Arsenio Hall? Yeah. Holy hell. It is so good to see you. Well, Abby, damn. Look who done come up in here. Hey, it's Kunta Kinte and Ebola. Famine and blood diamonds. So is that the best clips of the whole movie? I would say so. <laughs> Uh oh. Did you see it, Scott? No, I Yeah, it was not good. No. No. Oh, that's a shame. Well, I hope he goes back to stand up. I time. really hope so, yeah, because Raw is Incredible! Like, I think his uh, younger son's really good, or no, he's his middle son's real good, and then his younger son is doing it too. But his okay. his uh, first son, he he's, he's pretty damn good. Okay, yes. I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah he, fucking, I can't believe he's two, and I didn't even know about it. Since twenty one, it came out. Yeah, really. Wow. Yeah. So with this, uh, what's it called again? You told me earlier. The, I always say it wrong. The sensor thing. What do you call it? The decentral, the, when they put the sensors in everything. You know, like when you go on, if I say something about transgender, they censor. What do you call it? A cancel? Can, cancel yeah. culture? Cancel culture. Cancer culture. Cancel culture. Cancer culture. Cancer culture. Cancel culture. Okay. Right. Yeah. Cancel culture. Cancer culture. No. no. Cancel. Cancel culture. Right. right. How Can be cancerous. Yeah. yeah, right. Well, fuck. Right. How has that affected uh, you when you're doing your comedy? Has that really hit comedy? Um, I, I mean, the only time it's, it's personally happened to me was actually at a Kava bar where like I, <clears throat> and I think I talked about this last time I was here. Like 
I have a I and I don't do it that much because like I have more material, um, and I like to think I continue to write more material. But um, I used to talk about like how like I I look like uh, or people mistake me sometimes f- to be a Nazi and I'm not, um, and like I I would talk about that for like sixty seconds. Um, comedy was canceled at that venue because uh, apparently like they didn't like that I was t- telling pro Nazi jokes. So I don't know if that was cancel culture or more. It was just like somebody didn't fucking listen and, you know, got upset. It's uh, probably cancer culture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, joke. See, I, I don't get that because you're going to a comedy club. What do you expect? Right. Um, I, I don't feel like I have the type of comedy where like, I'm not going after anybody. Um, like if anything, I think I'm just kind of really just going over my experience. Um, so if any if I'm gonna make fun of anybody, it's just gonna be me most of the time. Or like you know, um, if people do something really stupid, you know, like I I've been out on dates like with women, and they're like, oh, you're not gonna like make this about you know, you're not gonna like turn this into like a bit, right? It's like, well, you're not gonna do something fucking stupid, are you? You know, like, <laughs> I, you know, I don't I don't go on stage like, yeah, I had bread and toast yesterday, ha ha ha. You know, it's it's you know, if you crash the car wearing clown shoes, I'm gonna talk about it. You know? Yeah. Um. So. Uh, you know, I, I don't I've never really been in the position where, like, I've had to really worry about it that much. Um, when I first started out, like, you know, you just have all these random ideas and you're just running with it. Um, I, I think I, I, I was a little uh, more conscious of like, oh, that, you know, um, you know, like, don't make fun of that guy because he might get upset or whatever. Right. Like, like maybe too worried about what other people right, think right. and not being like the real you. That, right. That's funny. Right. And, um, you know, I. I I feel like um, you have to be in like your own like mentally you have to be well um, to tell jokes you know and and uh, that's not to say that like people can't be or aren't mentally well that that tell jokes but like <clears throat> for me I can talk about like dark subjects now that I'm not as depressed and like people can from an energy perspective like people can tell like oh he's not serious you know like if I like laugh like oh I'm gonna you know like I was down in Miami and like I joked that, you know, it was a free show. So like I didn't make any money for being there. And I joked like, yeah, it cost me $200 to be here. If you guys don't laugh, I'm going to kill myself on night. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's a joke. Um, if I'm in a really dark place, audience doesn't know. Like, is he serious? You know, like, or is he, you know, uh, was that a joke or, you know, should yeah, we next, call the police? Next thing you know, they'll call the, right. uh, what's um, the thing called when they cut, uh, Baker ba- Act. Ba- Baker Act. Yeah. yeah um, bullshit. But like, you know, if, if you, I, I think if you present in a way that like, this is a joke, I'm having fun. You know, this isn't a Ted talk. This isn't a political rally. This isn't, you know, these are just jokes. We're clowns at the end of the day. Um, like people, I think got way too caught up with, um, and it's the it's the halo effect, but like people just see somebody on a stage and think like, oh, like they're smarter than me, so therefore their opinion matters. Therefore, like if they say something I don't like, it's the end of the world. It's like no, like no, this is not like I said, it's not a political rally. It's it, these are jokes, and most of the time, like the people telling them don't even believe the things that they're they're saying. They're just trying to get you to laugh. That's it. They're not trying to shock you. They're not trying to get you to go home and smoke DMT. You know, it's not. It's just laugh and get out that's it that's all we want you to do um and if you don't laugh sorry you know no we're not even sorry it's just you know uh, move on the the, you know? the three guys i've had in that you know they saw at stadiums they take the phones yeah they, they make it they make it they label it they take the phone everything right you know pat you down everything so then that way they can do their thing and you can't go send it to fox yeah, or cnn yeah. and right and this you, was you, offensive yeah cut up the one part right. like uh 
He's whatever. Right. And that you don't finish it. It's complete out of context. Just like they did with Chappelle. Right. If you watch that Chappelle special that they made the whole issue about, mm-hmm. he circled back around and actually was making fun of himself. Right. He wasn't making fun of anybody. Right. Or going after anybody. But right. they just pulled that one part. You know what I mean? Yeah, because people, you know, are naturally selective in terms of like what their outrage is, you know. So for you you as a, a comedian, when do you know it's time to write new material? Like you know, you first write it. Do you, do you write it? Do you uh, like like if you're driving around and think uh, of something, you put it like in your notes. How, how do you get your material? I mean, like I I just have literally like thoughts all like just come to my come to mind. My process is like I'll have the idea, I'll put it in my phone, like I have the notes app, whatever, and then um, like when it comes time to actually turn it into a joke, like I I and this is something I've started doing like four or five months ago, where I physically write it out. Um, I'm finding that it, it's really helping like my recognition, like. Uh, my ability to like recall some of these things because um, a lot of the times like go into an open mic, like I'll drive there or I used to like drive to an open mic and like recite, like I'm going to tell this joke and this joke and this joke, you get up there and you feel it, you know, and you're just like, I want to do well instead of take a chance. So you just go back and do like old material and like have a good set. But did you progress at all? Or did you just do well with old material? Um, you know, so for me, I would forget like new shit unless I physically wrote it out and like wrote out, this is how I'm going to say it, this and that. And I'll do it like two or three times. Um, that's not to say like everything I write down is, is good. You know, it's still, I'm still going to go out on stage and tell the joke. And, you know, I'd say eight times out of 10, it's not going to go well. Do you um, test it? Like, will you go to like a small bar and test it out before you would go yeah. to a bigger one? Yeah, and then um, get a good reaction, like check mark. Right. Okay, maybe I'll put that in my like bigger act. Right. Um. I, I, I don't want to say like I'm a good writer, but like I wrote a lot. Um. For like how new I was in comedy. Um. And the problem was uh, that, and I'm still kind of working through this. Is like I had all these ideas, <clears throat> which were like great premises, and I had no idea how to link them. You know, like when you watch like a comedy special, like the funniest parts are like when they like do a callback or like when they circle back around, like you said, like I wasn't able to do that. Um, lately, I'm like literally like writing the bridges of premises, like like I'll just like something, something. And it's usually like as easy as one or two sentences. It's just like, yeah, and I bake that pie and it's just, oh, shit. You know, like if I say that I can go into this, you know, um, so, uh, you know, it uh for me, it's just uh, really just kind of like working against my ADHD. See, to me, <clears throat> Chappelle is the best. And to me, I, the reason why I think he's the best is because he takes so long to get to the punch. But somehow he keeps you interested right. until the punch. But the punch might take 10 fucking minutes. Well, I would argue this episode is sponsored by Aurora. Do you know what the fastest growing crime in America is? For years, this crime rate has been surging and affecting millions of Americans. I'm talking about identity theft, and there's a new victim every 14 seconds. Yet despite this, those who have had their identity stolen are often shocked when it happens. That's why I'm excited to partner with Aurora, who is sponsoring this video. Aurora is identity theft protection, fraud monitoring, a VPN, password management, and antivirus software all into one easy-to-use app. Their VPN allows you to stay anonymous online by keeping your browsing history and personal information safe and encrypted. Protect you and your family from America's fastest growing crime. Try Aurora for free for two weeks and see if you or anyone in your family's personal information has been compromised. 
Start your free trial today. Go to aurora.com slash MSCS. The link is in the description below. Cash app. Go to cash.app. Cash app, the easiest way to send money, spend money, save money, and buy cryptocurrency. Cash App believes in providing everyone with access to important financial services so they can fully participate in the economy. Sign up today for Cash App. Use the code MSCS. Additionally, once signed up, create an invite code. When a friend uses the invite code and sends $5 or more from a newly created Cash App account, another bonus will arrive within 14 days. That's cash.app or download the app and sign up. Cash App. He has that he has the um like a, he already has the traction right right like, like yeah because current like attention is currency i think now um like whether it's on the internet a special whatever um you know like people that have never done comedy before like whenever i tell them like yeah i do like oh put this in your special and it's usually never funny um but like they assume that in 2022 you get on stage and everything's lit perfectly and everyone's quiet and everyone's paying attention to like every comedian that gets on stage. That does not happen. Like if you're Bill Burr, if you're Dave Chappelle, like everyone that's paid to see you is going to shut the fuck up when you're on stage and let you take 10 minutes. Good if point. if I'm at a bar and they don't know who the fuck I am, if I'm taking 10 minutes to get to a point, like I've literally like, you know, I've seen people go like, "Tell a joke." You know, like get to the point. Like they don't the, there's no currency there. Um, it, it's yeah, just like, gotta get to that entertain level. me, which is why like, um, a lot of the times when like comics will appear on like the tonight show or things like that, even though they're like big names, they still have to almost do like an introduction to like that specific crowd because not everybody knows, you know, who they are. You know, who's quick though, even though they're huge, Chris Rock is quick. Oh yeah. He, he gets right to the punch right, right away. Yeah. You know, even on the long ones. Mm-hmm. Now when you do like a 30 minute set, how do you remember all that? I mean, that's a lot of shit to remember. Even a twenty minute set. Um, I mean it. I mean you you tell these jokes enough time that like it becomes like muscle memory. Like you ask like when when do you know like you need to write new stuff? Um, like I knew like there are moments where like if and like I'll watch other comics do this with other comics too. If I'm telling my jokes and I'm looking out into the crowd and I can see other comics mouthing my jokes like finishing it like you know. It's time. You know, if, if if other comics know my shit so well that they could literally get on stage and recite my act, it's probably time for me to, you know, incorporate some new stuff into it. So what what's the longest act that you do? Like, like, like A half hour. Half hour. Yeah. Okay, so when it's time to go make an, another new half hour, mm-hmm. how long does that take you to put together? Like a whole new half hour. I mean... <laughs> um, <laughs> There, there's a uh, recently I'm noticing there's an epidemic of comics that yeah I could do a half hour yeah give me yeah book me I'll do a half hour and they'll they'll be on stage for a half hour they'll they'll physically be up there but they're telling 15 minutes worth of jokes and the other 15 minutes is you know it could go either way um like, you know, how, like how you guys doing tonight? Right, how, how, hey, how's the crowd? Right, hey, are you guys married? But you know, yeah, make sure um, you take care of the waiter. Right, you know that's a good five minutes you get to beat up. Yeah, um, so you know, there's, uh, I try not to lean on those things, um, but that's not to say you know, like if if a certain room, if there's like a certain energy, you know, you sometimes just like stop doing material and like that, you know, um, like I perform, um, you know, Monroe's. Yeah, 
Um, they have like the the red light next door. <clears throat> um, they do comedy shows every Sunday night there, and it's a really weird dichotomy. Yeah, what's like, that like? Like, take me to that. <laughs> so I, I don't know if you've ever been to Red Light, but like it's 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 the executive room of Monroe's. Um, so it's it's it looks like a speakeasy. It's really nice. It's a beautiful room. It's really like well lit. There's a bar. My boy, uh, Victor, run. You know Victor Concepcion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's been here. I talk to him all the time. Yeah, okay, speakeasy. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so like, there will be people that show up for the comedy show, but f- and like I've I. Uh, I I didn't like really go to that many like strip clubs like growing up, but like from what I understand, the executive room is like where if you spend a certain amount of money in the strip club, they're like, Hey, let's bring you next door to whatever. And like, I've literally seen a guy like be brought into the executive room thinking like he's probably getting it laid. She sits, sits him down and it's a comedy show at a, on Sunday night at eight o'clock at night. And it's us talking about like dicks and balls and, you know, it's it either goes really well or they're like, "What the fuck is this?" And he's probably dropped about five grand right, right now. To, yeah, to that he's point, pan- trying to get yeah. that panty, right. those panties yeah. off. So, <laughs> e- yeah, so yeah, a lot of the times, like either like those people are really into the show or really like, "What the fuck is this?" You know, like I don't want anything to do with this. And so like those people, you either address like, "Hey man," you know, like you like enjoying the show, or you just like pretend he's not there. You know, depends. So far, what are like one or two of your favorite performances that you've done? Whether it's big, small, doesn't matter. Just what are one or two that stick out where you're like, wow, I, I really enjoyed this. This really went well. I've been really, really uh, like the last, I'd say like four or five months, I've been on like a real tear of like just the shows are just going really well. Um, <clears throat> but like I, I think the last two shows I was on, um, were really good and this sounds uh this sounds ridiculous but um you know to be a comic on my level um i i uh, did a show at um the field uh, it's like an irish bar in fort lauderdale um we were told ahead of time like hey parking is x so there's a valet so like you know check in you know uh before the show even started we were handed envelopes with our names on it with money in them with like actual cash we were handed like tickets that were like hey these are good for food that's actually like edible. Um, the, the food, like the food, was good. The drinks, no cockroaches, there? right? Yeah, like, and I don't drink. So I don't drink. So like, when when a host gives me drink tickets, it's like the fuck am I gonna do? You know, like I just just drink ginger ale. Like I usually hand them back to them. Like I, thanks, but no thanks. You know, um, but like I, the crowd was there for the comedy show. Nothing else. Uh, the host did his job which was just host the show. There was no ego. Sounds new. Yeah. No, no. Uh, Brian Knight. Um, you know, if you're, if, if you're listening, uh, one of the best shows I've ever been on. Um, it, it, it was just handled professionally from start to finish. There are so many, especially in West Palm beach, um, comics that host the room. They get 20 people to show up to it, take a video of it. And the next thing they know, another venue reaches out. Hey, we want you to do the same. Okay. And they do that twice and then, then three times and then four times. And now I'm a producer of four or five shows a week. I'm a successful comedian. It's like you don't even have five minutes. And and you're trying to stretch out hosting over five shows. Like you're you're burying the, the, the scene by just overexposing yourself instead of doing what most comics should do is just shut the fuck up and write for like at least the first year. Just like don't. Don't enter into any contest. Just just shut the fuck up and write. 
work on your jokes. Go to the dive go, bars. Yeah, go test to the dive them bars. Like, where just, it doesn't yeah, matter. Kill your ego like as quickly as you can so that it doesn't happen so that you're you host five shows and think you're the shit when like you can't do ten minutes. You know, other than like, hey, who's married? <laughs> and I'm talking about a few people yeah. in West Palm Beach. The um, same stick. Right. The, the just same you know, opening. Like, oh, I have I have four rooms. I'm you know, and I get booked because I have rooms. It's like, yeah, but you're not funny. We're supposed to be funny. Um yeah, so you know. How has, uh, you know, within after COVID now, <clears throat> how has uh, the streaming affected you? Has, has that hurt you? Did you go virtual at all? Did um, you do anything like that? I am begrudgingly embracing technology. Um, I hate Instagram. I think I've, I think I remember like messaging you like, how the fuck do I, I don't even know how to do Instagram. Um, uh, like reels are really popular right now, um, which is cool. It's getting like people are getting like 30,000 views overnight, whatnot, and the exposure is great. But um, it, again, uh, when, you know, unchecked egos, you know, like and we've we've had in our scene a comic who doesn't have more than 60 seconds of material go viral on TikTok and then overnight start getting booked because, you know, I got a million views on TikTok. Like, okay, like you couldn't get one laugh tonight. Like, what are we doing here? You know? Um, so it's it's I think created opportunities for people that maybe aren't as skilled. because, um, you know, like a Netflix special is a half hour of or an hour or whatever of like constant jokes. TikTok, you see 15 seconds, you know, and our, our, our stupid chimp brains go like, ha ha, cool, you know, and the next thing you know, you watch five of those clips and you're like, this is my favorite comedian. But no, it's not. You know, you're just a child. I don't know. I, I, just, I just watched a Netflix one and I'm actually trying to get him in and I can't remember his name. It, the one who always, he always takes his shirt off. Bert. Bert Kreischer? Yeah, yeah. Really? <clears throat> yeah, okay. he's funny. He's, he's incredible. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. He stopped drinking. I... I think he stopped drinking this month. Yeah, this uh, month. Yeah, I think. Mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, four days is a right. lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And he was like, uh, he's like, yeah, you know, I feel a lot better. I'm working out. Right. I mean, he was going heavy. Yeah. I um I saw him at the Improv. Uh, I think New Year's Eve one night. How was he at the Improv? He was great. I saw him. Did I saw Segura. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, Segura was with him too. Not, not the same time. I've seen him, Segura, oh, Arshafir, um, like that whole crew. The only person from that crew I haven't seen at the Improv is um, Joe Rogan. But I don't even think he would probably even play that club. Yeah, he's opening up his it's, own club. Yeah. Um, how good is Tom Segura? I've never seen him live, but everybody says he's so good. Um, so like Joey Diaz, I think. That is my humor, like my like how like the type of jokes I laugh at, whatever. Um, when Tom Segura speaks, it's almost as if like my subconscious is like is talking just to, like how like overly critical and like analytical he is of stuff. Um, but funny. The, so I, funny. But really? but, but um, like what makes Tom Segura Tom Segura? Um, a lot of it is just just. Uh, stupidity seems to f seek him out um and his reaction to it and that's that's a very similar experience i think to like my life um where just like stupid shit just happens um and i'm just i'm a witness to it um and i can either tell people about it or just keep it to myself and go crazy um and i think he just he he'll go crazy if he doesn't like bitch about how stupid people are <laughs> um, which i i'm very much the same way so you know have you gotten into the uh metaverse no, I, I know a lot of comedians that went yeah. in there with that metaverse thing, right? And crushed. Yeah, um, I know I, you're not like 
I don't know the first thing about it. Um, there's a bunch of, uh, there were like a few comics talking about like starting a, like a metaverse label six months ago and it didn't turn into anything. Um, I think it's going to, uh, yeah, I'm like a specific, uh, business venture, I guess never turned into anything, but I'm sure like the metaverse or whatever will like wind up becoming a thing. Are you into that NFT stuff at all? Not, I'm, I listen. I um, I'm trying to figure it out for. I a can year. barely handle, um, <laughs> like, understanding like the stock market. Um, yeah. That, like I and I, I think it is because like uh, we had a stock market class in like seventh grade, and my teacher in the middle of explaining it had like a panic attack, like just a f- complete mental breakdown, and like we never had that class again. Like she was gone. We never like we canceled stock class, and it became like an extra social studies class or something. I don't know if just seeing this woman lose her fucking mind, like did just something was like, stay away from stocks. It's just not good. Um, there's like just a part of my brain that just doesn't get it. Um, I, I've got like one of those apps that like acorn or whatever that like invests it for me, but I, I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm terrible. With I'm stuff, surprised you stocks. like, I'm surprised you don't like know all about that. It could be right. that in a picture physically. Right. Or it could be Elon Musk going like Rogan has. He has an Elon or Mr. Beast made him a physical one. Right. Like it looks like like a trading card, like mm. screwed down. And Elon, it's funny. Elon goes from like real skinny and he slowly builds up and gets jacked. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the NFT thing within all of it, how there's not a copyright issue. Because now you can sell Elon Musk, but Elon Musk isn't getting a penny. You could sell Jordan. And Jordan isn't getting a penny, and you're paying with Bitcoin and the crypto shit that you can't trace. So, in my opinion, at some point in some time, all these people that are selling like a like those monkeys with the hats on for like right. we saw one, we saw one that was just letters. We pulled it up. It was like uh, for for an example, it was this stupid? Like I am huge, mm-hmm. ninety nine million dollars. So two hundred thirty people bought it. To like, there was only 300 made or whatever, uh-huh. whatever the number was. There was only 300 made, and out of that 300 made, the guy made 99 million dollars. And it just said, right. I am big, or whatever it said. And it's just letters, just letters and a picture behind it. No, nothing physical, nothing, nothing. And then yeah. prior to that, we went to like this earth.co thing. Mm-hmm. And on earth.co, I actually thought it was fucking land. I'm with this guy across me. You know, he's into this stuff, but we, he's like, you got to check out this thing. Right. And I'm like, oh, well, I could buy a little piece of land in China. You know, 20 grand, Ooh, not bad. But here's just an NFT, I guess. It's not real. It's, right. it's like virtual. Yeah. I yeah. I can't put my head around anything I can't touch. Exactly. Yeah. That That's my biggest problem with the NFT, the Bitcoin, and all that. And for me to think that the government is going to allow, and the IRS, you know, Whatever they're doing with the 80,000 IRS agents, I don't think it has anything. I thought it did until I talked to, you know, Secret Service people, but I don't think it is. But at some point, they're going to come back and grandfather that in. Oh, 100%. I mean, there's no way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine the IRS letting people get away with $20,000 through Bitcoin and right. not pay any taxes on right. Jordan? Completely decentralized, completely unfriendly. Yeah. yeah. So you could do that Web3 thing all you want. If you think... <laughs> Just because it's decentralized, the guys like Jordan, you know, Kobe, you know, whoever's running his stuff, these monsters don't have a lot more money than you have and people around them. And they all get together and Jamie Foxx and Mike Tyson and Jordan, all these guys that are gazillionaires say or 
you know, Jeff Bezos, mm. somebody does him, we get fuck with him, even though he gave his ex-wife four hundred billion. Right. Ooh, yeah. rough, rough one. Yeah, but still, he's still got another four hundred billion. What are you gonna do? Fight him when he comes after you? Right. No, he's gonna rock it, and the IRS is gonna be on his side because they want their money too. Yep. And then, th- then, then you're fucked. So no, thank you. Yeah, it makes no sense to me. Uh, if it was physical, maybe, but then I would be like, sooner or later they're gonna come after me because I just bought a physical thing that right. is not. The right. person's thing Yeah Like if so I, I I totally get it Yeah well I can't send you pictures Because of that dumb thing It's such a pain in right. the ass To send pictures Yeah Alright take me through Facebook So what is this here? <laughs> Um So that's uh That's another That's a comic Uh His name's Nico Bowling Right here um, yeah. So uh <laughs> Obviously that's That's like a poster That I had on my wall Like it's a uh, Pink Floyd art Whatever Um He the, uh, Another comic of mine Had a party And uh There were a bunch of like women in like bikinis or just pretty much nothing just sitting in a row and like nico pretty much photobombed them by like jumping in bare ass bare, I was gonna, that's um, why i wanted yeah. to ask you and i just took that and just put i saw out. one of these at you know victor where we we're talking about with mm-hmm. speakeasy yeah he runs the uh wheels wings and fashion right and he had the back to the future car and that yeah. reminded me of the back to the future yeah. car the delorean right but he but this guy had remade it like it had the the thing that the dock hit and I oh just really oh it was cool okay as fuck. yeah the yeah Del- I, i'm a huge car nerd so that's that's not a delorean but the guy that's that designed the delorean designed that for my it, it looks pretty damn close yeah <clears throat> when did they stop making that delorean do you know 80s i think I saw a picture on here of like a squirrel or something. It was funny as hell. Uh, oh, it was it was some squirrel thing. Oh, there's that Pauly. Oh yeah. You know he was really a made guy in real life. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, I'm wearing. Yeah, yeah bad big. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite show. Yeah, I mean, what what was a better series than Sopranos? I think The Wire is up there, but I mean, this it, and I, it's probably just like you know, I'm from New Jersey. I grew up. Watching it like with my family. I thought I thought a House of Cards. Uh, I think it started great, but you know, then he did what he did. Yeah, and they had to. But it was it was go. sick. Yeah, no, the, like the first two seasons of that show was. And awful. Uh, uh, what was the one my buddy was in? It was in a CIA agent with uh, uh, Red Reddington. Oh my god! I used oh, to, what was, um, my dad watched Blacklist? that. The Blacklist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Baz Basil was in there. That's still on. Yes, yeah, the one. Yeah, Baz Basil was the co-star for the first five seasons. Okay, he was a CIA agent. He he uh, <clears throat> resigned from the CIA because he was in some country, wherever it was, and he saw a bunch of kids, mm-hmm. women or little girls, walking around dressed all weird. For whatever reason, that well, I guess because the CIA agent knows that that means something, right? And it just stuck with him. A year and a half later, he couldn't get it out of his head. He resigned from the CIA, and now he goes chases after missing kids. Really? And within that, the Blacklist people called him to cast as a co-star to Red Reddington. He was the guy with the ponytail. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he did oh. all five seasons. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was wow. crazy. okay. Yeah, so then he left the CIA, I mean, at the top. Right. And uh, then went and fucked up people that take kids in other countries, and then ended up on the Blacklist as co-star of uh, Red Reddington. Wow. That's some shit, huh? Yeah, wow. Well, what's the what's the what's three things that you really hate about comedy that you wish was different? Um, because nobody will ever answer me when I ask them that because they, uh, the uh, egos involved, um, for sure. Um, like I really, I really, truly wish like we and and maybe 
um, maybe the scenes are different outside of West Palm Beach. Um, like I'm actually I'm going to be going up to Jersey next month and performing in Jersey for the first like outside of Florida for the first time. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if like there are other communities that might be. Uh, actually, that's not true. I performed in L.A. a bunch a few times. Um, so I guess I've already popped that cherry. Um, Recently, uh, like four months ago. Dump. I hated it. Terrible, it's, right? if, if you took Pompano and just put hills in Pompano, that's what LA is. Just an, and it, yeah, fuck. Oh yeah, like I don't, I don't understand how like anybody goes there and goes like, I want to make it and live there. Like it was. Man, when I used to go there in 2011, 2012, it was awesome. Yeah, no, I would go to the Palms, have a nice dinner, and now it's a dump now. Yeah, huh? yeah, just bleak. Um, but like I, you know, I don't know if other communities are like that, but um. I really wish like we could just like, hey man, that set sucked. Here's why. Instead of like the the bullshit, you know, and, and comics do it all the time. Like you'll get off stage and like people that haven't even watched your set will be like, Oh yeah, good set. Like, hey, good set. Like you didn't even fucking you weren't even in the room, you fucking lying piece of shit. How annoying is right, that? Right. Yeah, just like just, uh, tell me and like I, I think I was a little overbearing when I first started comedy because um like the Joker was out at the same time and I was like what if I'm just a crazy person like all these other people that is delusional and wants to start comedy what if I'm not funny what if I'm just nuts like and I was literally telling people like if I'm not funny will you tell me and like that makes people uncomfortable like you know I don't know but well, I, they, if they say you're funny you should say if I was that funny you know you know they didn't watch it right right but just pretend that they watch it say okay I have, to, I have shirts here Mm, well, yeah. I'll walk you over to my shirt. Right. Yeah, Which yeah. one would you like? We have small, medium, large XL. You know, right. I was that good, really. Okay, it's, buy a shirt, right. hat. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah. So, like, just the ego attached to it, because at the end of the day, like, when I watch somebody set and it doesn't go well, I don't want them to fail. Like, I want them to crush, because I, as a as a person in the crowd, like, I want to laugh also. So, like, if you suck. I might personally get some like vindictive thing out of, you know, your failure. That's kind of fucked up, I think. But like I I would much rather and it's naive, I understand, like not everyone's always gonna succeed, but um like why people like comics really shouldn't be looking at each other as uh as threats, whatever. You know, we're not we literally get on stage by ourselves, you know, like it, whether it's a, a show with three or four other people on it, it's just you up there. So, you know, like trying to like disparage or like uh, talk shit or like not help other comics uh, grow is just stupid, I think. Um, and you said earlier, but as you've like, you've grown since December, like a madman. I mean, like a madman. I've looked. I mean, like a madman. And as you continue to what I've noticed is, you know, when you start like not like when you start opening for someone big, mm -hmm. you know, and shit like that, <clears throat> even though you're the opener, it's all like a brotherhood. Right. You know, and, and everyone sticks together. It's almost like the military in a way, you mm -hmm. know, like you all stick together. Somebody messes with you, even if you're just the new guy opening. Right. The main act has your back. Right. You know, I and the more I watch, you know, like like Rogan's guys, you know, that whole team. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of them aren't anything yet. Right. You know, they're just. They're getting there, but they're not there, but they all have each other's back. Mm -hmm. And that's a cool thing to see because you don't see much of that anymore. Right. You know? Yeah, too many people just climb the ladder and then cut it once they're up. Like, that's, like, what the fuck, you know? Like, you, somebody had to, like, reach down and help you. So, like, why would you? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know if that's, uh, you know, just people getting into it for the wrong reasons. But, like, I'm, I love comedy. So, like, if I sucked... And I became like the monopoly over comedy. 
comedy itself is going to suck. You know, whether I'm getting paid or not, like I'm going to go to be entertained and there's going to be nothing there. You know, it's just going to be bullshit. You know, people like planting people in the crowd. Like, uh, and there are comics on a national level that do this where like, um, I won't like say names, but like people got big off of like clips of like, I'm on stage talking about like, Oh, uh, I bet I've never met like a, a black Asian midget before, you know? <laughs> and like, there'll be like, you know, a black Asian, like, you know, um, like person in, in, in little, the crowd. Little, little, little people. Right. Yeah. Um, and like the, those clips will go viral. Where it's like, Oh, I can't believe that happened. But like most of these comics are staging those moments. Like that's, that's not organic, you know, like, and that's, that's the lowest form of, you know, like when you're trying to come off like it's it's natural, but it's, but it's not. not. Like we might as well be doing magic tricks. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. so what do you have coming up? You have give me some gigs you got coming uh, up, and we'll have them all in the description. Uh, bu- 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 so you got Thursday. So right. Thursday, uh, West Palm Beach Improv. Uh, so the Florida's Funniest Contest. Uh, that starts at eight o'clock. You ready for that one? Yeah. Um, how but, much? How much have you prepared for that? That's like. Three years have been, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> like when I first started, uh, they didn't do it the last two years because of COVID. Uh, but when I had first started, that was like one of the first shows I went to, like as a comic, I guess. Um, and I watched um, <clears throat> Jackie Sanchez, Nadim uh, Awad, and Cam Bertrand all just crush. And like, I just I was in awe of like how how is anyone going to choose who's better? You know, like um, and Cam won, and I I Cam blew up overnight like he uh he got a dry bar special out of that um he was he became like an overnight name um from america's got talent um so i mean the exposure aspect of the the contest is awesome but um for me to just be on a lineup with some of these people at that building is enough for me you know and not to say like uh, you know, if like I don't win, I'm gonna be, obviously be. Dude, upset. you've only it's a competition. Done three years, right? But like, well, like I'm, I'm not trying to like <laughs> yeah. set myself up where like I think I'm gonna lose or anything like that. But um, I the, the 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 talent on that specific show, like the West Palm Beach one, like this Thursday, like I'm so honored to be. There's uh, well, there's one person that I hugely dislike, but aside from that, um, you know, there's uh. Uh, like the comics are incredible. The lineup is amazing, and that's my favorite building. Well, you're there. You're in there with them, so, right? I mean, congratulations. Yeah. Um, in December, you won the Ben. No, no. You know, um, so that's a long way, quick, right? Especially in this game. Thanks, man. Um, you got a hell of a lot of competition everywhere. Yeah. Um, so I have that Thursday. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, I think they're picking like one or two, or maybe even three. They're kind of doing it all differently depending on the venue, like who advances i don't think they're just like picking one person per show um so we'll see where that goes i got a uh, show at um a kava bar um it's called kava cat um this sunday the 15th at um that's in port st lucie um that's actually i've been there before they're actually a really cool crowd for like a kava bar like i got that's a good kava yeah. bar for um, kava yeah. <laughs> um i'll be in um I'll be at D'Angelo's um, in Jupiter, uh, October 27th. Um, I'll be at Nowhere Comics in Hialeah, uh, the 29th, and uh, Brew House in Lake Park on the 30th. Um, and then next month I'll be in Jersey um, for like Jeez. two weeks. You're getting it in now. I'm trying. Good I'm trying. You, you got to yeah. text all that to me so I have yeah. it all. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, congratulations and everything, man. Thanks, man. Who gets to, who does the judging on Thursday? Who who's the judge? I don't. Um, is it like the improv? Or I would it imagine it's mostly the staff at the improv. Oh, you don't even know. Right? Yeah. Oh, wow. um, they send you in there blind. Huh? Yeah. Um, so like, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know if like we're gonna be doing five minutes, ten minutes. Uh, you know, if it's gonna be like one round's five minutes and you stay and do it. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, we'll see, man. Yeah, I'm really just, uh, I, I, you know, um, that building is very special to me. Um, it's like where I, when I first moved to Florida, like saw uh, this this comic Brett Ernst just murder, and like I'd never seen like a club show before. I've been to like you know like stadium shows or whatever, but um, you know like that Joey Diaz, Jackie Sanchez, like all these things were just like light bulbs. That like you got to try this. Like you, you've been circling the drain your whole life. You've been watching comedy specials. Comedy Central, your whole life, just get up there and fucking do it. Um, and yeah, here and we, look where you're at. Here we are. Yeah, make sure you stay with that that uh, rehab thing. Yeah, no, yeah. and um, I, you people know, need you, right? Thank you. you and um, I just want to say, just uh, you know, you like on on the air, whatever. Um, you know, you you didn't have to have me on the first time. You definitely didn't have to have me on this time. I just from the bottom of my heart appreciate that the uh, the support and the love. Like, and I appreciate you coming in really early on. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. And I was like. Trying to figure out what the fuck I'm doing. No, yeah, I, I was no. trying to figure out then what I was yeah. doing too. No, at any time I can help. You know, if you text me about a topic that I can't help you about, I will. I just, you know, like like the lighting shit. I was like, Ugh. you know, yeah, yeah. Next time we'll talk about UFOs. Cool, cool shit. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Thank you so much for your time and good luck Thursday. You're gonna win. All right.